Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Tell you what, people told me once you get to 40, the weeks just shoot by. And it's true, man. We're already into Thursday. Yeah, already Thursday. It's Thursday. Well, you <laughs> you you had the you you were daddy daddy daycare. How's Casper doing, by the way? Uh, Caspi's good. He was good all along. You just wanted two days off, right? Yeah, that's you <laughs> got me. He's teething, isn't he? Yeah, that's what he's doing. I think so. He's like he's got a fever, runny nose. He has an eight. Isn't he teething? Singer, I'm a veteran. Haven't been in those uh, circles for a very long time, and I hope it's a while yet before I have grandkids. <sighs> Although I can't wait. Awesome. He's never eaten a vegetable in his life. It's very stressful right oh, now. Oh, says the guy that orders cheese treats from Pizza Hut and whatever you call it. What do you call those things? The cheese thing from Pizza Hut? Uh, I don't know what you're getting now on that one. Yeah, you order Pizza Hut. It's second like, to Western Pizza for you. Yeah, I don't. When you eat Western Pizza three days a week, you switch it up with Pizza Hut. I don't, you don't eat like, pizza. I eat Western Pizza. Why are you bringing up Pizza Hut? Well, for? no, you like Pizza Hut. I don't care that you like Pizza Hut, but you like Western Pizza first. And whether it's that pizza or that pizza, you don't put a damn vegetable on it. And you're shocked that your kid doesn't like vegetables? Mushrooms and green peppers are a staple <laughs> on my slices. You have an all meat, and then you put two add-ons. I know you're happy I'm back, baby. I know you're great. Hey, the show's brought I know you miss me, baby. The show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Get the best flock and chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday, with a feature wing flavor of the month every wow. month. And the best flocking? Flocking, yes. Wow. Su- su- Sunday, obviously, wings and football, that goes together. The best flocking wings. Best flocking I wings. I see. So, Zinger, this is the uh, big story of the day. By the way, you can always weigh in 936-6262. That's the number to text courtesy to Capital Auditor. Yeah, don't you be call, shy. You can call that number locally or one 866 Um This is the story of the day. The uh, NHL has suspended unsigned Ottawa Senator Senator uh, Center Shane Pinto from UND 41 games for violating league gambling rules, multiple sources told Sportsnet. If you remember, he came to Ottawa, he was a draft pick. He was going to sign, he, like he was going to sign with them, and then he went home. And people are saying, "Well, that's why he went home because this was already in the he's summer." The heat. It was in, in the summer, yeah. Now, the league did not accuse Pinto of wagering on NHL games, and apparently, it's legal to bet on other sports. So, there's speculation that there was maybe third-party wagering. Do you know what I mean? Like, like where, somebody else where in I'm his Pinto, account? Where I'm Pinto, where I'm Pinto, and you are my best buddy, and I get you to wager on a game between Ottawa and Detroit, but you're not... You know what I mean? I don't know exactly, but why mm. would he be suspended 41 games? It is hypocritical for the league to do this, isn't it? When they, when they, when literally Ottawa has bet three six five on their helmets. Like when you get into bed with betting companies for revenue, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but when you do, this opens it up. These are competitive dudes. Competitive dudes like to compete, and part of that is. Young kids with money, or about to have money, like to bet. Hmm. I'm not saying it's right. No. Shouldn't bet on the league. Bet 9-9, I was mistaken. Sorry, bet 9-9. Nine nine. Yeah. Bet 9-9. Nine nine. Whatever. They've got a betting company's logo that's on wild, their helmet. Huh? Yeah, that's wild. And 
And you know what's, what else? It's all about the money, man. It's all about the money. These leagues don't care about anything else. How many times do dudes drink and drive, guns, beat women? Yeah. Uh, the New Orleans Saints the receiver Chicago, got yeah, the arrested Chicago, the yeah, other day. Olive or something? Yeah, was yeah. It? And yeah. then he was like to the cop... Hey, I play on the Saints. And the cop went and. Yeah, yeah. But but you know what I mean? Like you got you got all this stuff. Women getting beaten. Uh Deshaun Watson and all these leagues care about is money. And, and so those guys can play, but but this guy gets suspended 41 games. I'm very interested to see uh what comes of this? But to me, it's very hypocritical. That's a big suspension, boy. Yeah, and he obviously did something. He knows that he did something because he released a statement okay. on his own behalf by saying, I apologize to my family, the team, yada, yada, yada. So it's not like he's, you know, being thrown under the bus and he's not Must pleading innocent. It's got to be third-party It's got to be third party betting. Like it's he was be. transferring some of his buddies and then, he, you know, they were laying it down on a couple money lines here and there and he was just sitting back and reaping the benefits. Because, you know, like, you got Connor McDavid and other stars promoting betting. They're tied in. So yeah, it's like yeah. you're, 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 gonna, you're going to uh, – we're going to beat the kid up because he bet. Now, he shouldn't bet on his own games. I don't even know. Can you – honestly, if I – honestly, am I way off base by saying this? If I'm Shane Pinto and I play on the Ottawa Senators – and I want to lay a 10 spot on the Carolina Hurricanes and San Jose Sharks. Why can't I? Tell me why I can't. How does that affect anything? How, how am I affecting Carolina and San Jose? As long as I don't bet on my team, why can't I bet? Why? Tell me one good reason why. Why I can't do that, but somebody that, that uh, sexually assaults women can still play sports. Tell me why that's okay. Oh, you know why? It's all about the money. That's what it's about. At the very least, I would say, even if you take your own league out of it, you should be able to bet on like a National Football League game or something. Because as far as I'm concerned, what I'm getting out of this is you can't bet on any type of sports. Am I reading it to this right? Like you can't even well, bet they on said, it. They said you no. They said you can. They said the reports I heard from our friend Claire Hanna and Bruce Garriock from TSN. They said it, it, you legally in the NHL can bet on other sports. I don't know that you could bet. Remember the NFL had guys betting, but they they bet at their I'm team facility stuff. I'm all crossed. I up. think you should be able to bet as long as you're not betting on your team. Yeah. I'm as all. long as you're not betting on your team, you, you should be able to bet. Why not? That. Why not? I will say it like you kicked off the show. It's very, it's very weird how they're advertising these betting sites, and yet they the players get slapped on the wrist when they utilize the get gambling sites. It's hypocritical, man. It's it's pick and choose. Too much pick and choose justice. It's like advertising a cheeseburger, and you can't eat the cheeseburger. Now NHL referees, <laughs> NFL referees, NBA. Yeah, that's right. NBA referees, like referees, like Tim Donahue, they should not be able to bet. Yeah. There should because they're this they, a juicy cheeseburger. Right? Oh, you can't eat it. Right. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. It's like Exa- that. Exactly. Um, Great. I don't even know. I don't I don't even know, dude. Nobody's ever told me that I can't bet on a Rough Rider game. Huh. Nobody's ever said I can't bet on a Rough Rider game. Wow. I won't tell you if I have or I haven't, but nobody has said, Ballsy, you as voice of the team, you can't bet on the Rough Riders. Yeah. I would have more inside information than anybody else. Hmm. 
Right? Yeah. No. And nobody has ever said, Ballsy, you can't bet on the... I, there's nothing in my letter of employment. There's nothing from the riders that says, I can't bet on Rough Rider games. Hmm. So why can the voice of the team bet on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders if he so chose? But these guys can't bet, like, not on their own games, but why can't they bet? They should be able to bet. Bet, 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 bet. Remember Fred Flintstone? Bet, yeah, bet, yeah. bet, 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 um, So, yeah, interesting. Hey, I want to bring this up to you. Um, I think I saw Shai Davidi talking about this on sports. I think it's a good question. Do you think, and I'll ask Arash Madani this later, do you think that that Varsho trade is the worst trade in Jay's history? Well, it's looking like it right now. I mean, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they had, what, 83, 84 wins in the regular season? And Varsho for Moreno and Guriel. A lot of people, when you start talking about this argument, though, would be like, yeah, the, the Diamondbacks don't even deserve to be in the playoffs. So that's like the number one thing, because as of a couple years back, when the playoffs were extended to three wildcard teams, the, the D-backs would be long gone out of the playoff scenario. So in a lot of our eyes, the D-backs don't even deserve to be in the World Series right now. But since they're there, obviously on paper, it looks really bad. The trade's bad. It is a bad trade, for sure. Hey, The New York Yankees had their worst season since like 1980 or something like 1981 or mm-hmm. 1970, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And the Arizona Diamondbacks had two more wins than the Yankees. And the D-backs are in the World Series. Hey, I just got a text at 936-6262, uh, powered by the Capital Auto Group. This comes from Jeff. Jeff says, You should be able to bet on your own team and own stats, but the stipulation is you should have to take the over. Like over in goals, over in receiving yards, uh, over in home runs, RBIs. And you should be able to bet on your own team winning. That's the stipulation. Guys will play harder and make a better product. Just like UFC fighters should be able to gamble on themselves. Just not. You just can't throw games. Like you have to be able. I, that's kind of a slippery slope. But I get what what he's saying there. What Jeff's saying there. That is a like it would make people. It's kind of like I've said. It's a little different in the CFL because CFL stands for cash flow low. I think every NHL player should have a base salary or NFL player or NBA player or Major League Baseball where the money's crazy. And, you know, um, uh, Aaron Judge gets paid more than a utility bench player. But you get a base salary and then you go up per hit or per home run or per, you know what I mean? Wouldn't guys try harder? Yeah, that's interesting. That would be very difficult well, to follow, though. But there are nerds for reasons in the world. Yeah, st- stats, there analytics, analytics. If I'm a stay-at-home defenseman, I, I I know they have incentive like that. But every game, you get a little extra five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. If you are a, a you know plus one, I get a thousand bucks. Plus two, I get a thousand two thousand bucks. Two touchdown passes, I get. You know what I mean? Guys yeah, are playing like, a little li- Literally, make your play do the talking as far as yes. your cash flow goes. Yes. Yes. Then the what do you fans- think of Bob Melvin? I haven't talked to you since Bob Melvin left to San Francisco. I told you yesterday, and I'll reiterate it. Bob Melvin well, I was, wasn't here. I want to hear. Bob it. Melvin is a three-time manager of the year in the majors. He he was in the outhouse known as Oakland. He went to the penthouse known as San Diego. Beautiful, nice city. They got all the stars because Peter Seidler, the owner, signed them. But they got a knob that runs the team, AJ <laughs> Preller. Okay, and I said this yesterday. When you get divorced once. 
like yours truly, you could make a case for your side and you could make a case for your ex side as to who's wrong. I, I say uh, there's no version of the truth. There's your version, there's the other person's version, and then there's really the truth what happened, right? If you get divorced two times, now you got to start thinking, okay, is it me? Is it my fault? Okay? Especially if that person you married is a first-time marriage. If they're a second-time marriage, maybe still it's a bit of column A and column B. If you start getting divorced three, four, five times, first of all, stop getting married. Second of all, it's you. Grab a mirror, look in the mirror, write down all the things that you do wrong, it's you, okay? Like Taylor Swift and her boyfriend? Yeah, exactly. I can't wait till they break up and Travis Kelsey is getting just, his jersey's being burnt by 14-year-old girls all over America. He's such a goofball and she's sickening. Um, We'll get into that later. But anyway, AJ Preller of the San Diego Padres has been in charge of that team for nine years. He is about to hire his fifth manager in nine years. And he just chased off a three-time manager of the year. Let me ask you, Sean, whose fault do you think it is? We all know it's not Bobby Melvin's. (laughs) Bobby Melvin is a good man. Yeah, and he's going to San Francisco, same division of San Diego. I will take the, we want to talk betting, I'll take the Giants every game this year. I They will win 90% of the games against the Padres this year. 90, and I'm a Padres fan, 90. Yeah, I feel like the Padres had their chance last year losing in the NL. No, the year before. The year before, yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, last year. Yeah, Yeah, last year. Last year. You're right. They're going to go on a drought now, Ballsy. I'm sorry to say it, but you know it's going to be another drought. I mean, before that, it was 1998 to 2022. Now it's going to be. Yeah, cut down down San Diego all you want. Your manager pulled out a guy. He's not my manager. I don't stand stand by that guy. Your manager, John Schneider. You were better off having John Schneider, Bo Duke, manage your team. He is not mine. The Duke's a hazard. He does not represent my. Pulls his guy out, just mowing down his old team in his old stadium. Pulls him out in the fourth inning. That's laughable. One of the worst baseball decisions in the last 15 years. Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about baseball and other things. I don't want to talk about that anymore. 936-6262. Keep the text coming. For the Capital Auto Group, you can call that number or 1-866-767-0620. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. So you think your football team, nobody cares about your football team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? So I've been tweeting, if you want to follow along with the coaching search, you can do it right here. Voice of Saskatchewan Rough Riders football. Yesterday, we had Henry Burris on the show. You can listen to that in podcast form. We were talking about... um, whether he wants the job. And he said, yes, I'm interested in the Riders head coaching job. I tweeted that singer. 26,000 views of the tweet. Okay? That is more people that were in Mosaic Stadium last yeah. game. Kerry Joseph, I said, also would be interested. <clears throat> Open-minded to it. 13,500 tweets. I just tweeted this out. Kelly Jeffrey, the Riders offensive coordinator, is coming to Saskatchewan next week to Regina would like to be included in the interview process for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders vacant head coaching position. He joins the sports cage later on today. 5,000 views. So people do care. Some people are out to lunch. He shouldn't even be OC. It would be a major, major mistake to hire him as head coach. I didn't say he's going to be the head coach. I said he's going to interview for it. Uh, here's one. 
Uh, where is this one here? The Riders scored the second fewest points in the CFL this season. 21.5 points per game. But sure, interview the OC for the head coaching job. <laughs> you guys, come on, man. The dude had three, count them, three quarterbacks. What would you figure, Zinger? At least four versions of the offensive line? Oh, at least. I mean, I can go through about six combinations in my head. Hawkins out, you know, Council in at left tackle, then Council goes over to right tackle, then you got Lofton at left tackle. Like, it goes on yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. Th- okay. <laughs> Phillip Blake was out for most of the year. Um, then you got, uh, what, three versions of the receiving core? Yeah. Three versions of the receiving core. Jake Winicky, a total bust. And Tevin Jones was out for some reason. Tevin at Jones the end. was out know. at the end. Uh, One of your best I'm gonna receivers. Ask, I'm going to ask Kelly Jeffrey that because he's going to join us. We're going to talk about the season that was and his interest in being a football coach. I was going through this, so if you if you realistically want to look at it, let's go through the better offensive coordinators with the work they've done so far this year. Okay, I'd put Ryan Dinwiddie, obviously. Buck Pierce, Jordan Maximic, and maybe, maybe Scott Milanovic because Scott Milanovic came in at the end, right? And he got he, he, they've been doing better since he got there. I think, by the way, he's going to be the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. That's my opinion. But anyway. Scotty Moe? Yeah. yeah. That would be it. Not Scott Moe, Scott Mill. Scott Milanovic, not yeah. Scotty Moe. Scotty, Scotty Moe. Moe's got a province to run. Oh, yeah. And people right. don't even Sorry, like, Scotty Moe. You're not like, going to be the next People don't like coach. how he's running. So, running it. So, here we go. Four, four. And then I put Kelly Jeffrey right there. For a first year, I give him a B. Am I wrong by giving him a B? No, and I also think it's a natural progression to interview your offensive coordinator to be the head coaching job, regardless of what kind of season he had. Just because he's getting an interview doesn't mean he's going to be... Like, they could interview, like... 20 guys. 10, 15, 20 guys. You have to, you know... Do the process and take a little bit from each interview and bank it. And at the end, you have like your charts and say, okay, this guy check marks the most boxes boxes here. Like you have to do the process. You can't just, you know, pick two guys that you think are really going to be it. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a couple of guys that really surprise you in the interview yep. process. And like, that's a Corey, exa- like Corey Mace did last year yeah, in Ottawa. That's exactly why the it's called an interview process. You know, the only thing that taints the only thing that taints Kelly Jeffrey, and if you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with the fans. That's always been the the mentality with football teams or sports teams. So you got to watch how much you buy the narrative. Can you sell that to the fans? Do you care if you can sell that to the fans? Because Kelly Jeffrey was part of two bad years back to back. But I think. He's a fantastic football coach, and I think he definitely deserves an interview. He definitely deserves it. The dude lost his starting quarterback. Like, as an offensive coordinator, would you lose your starting quarterback, and yet you still put up pretty good yardage through the air? You still, like, move the football? Who would want to be an offensive coordinator? What do you expect out of this dude? Zinger, who would want to be an offensive coordinator in this town? Who? I've I've never said the last guy anybody liked and they didn't like him totally was a guy who joined us ye- uh, yesterday George Cortez that's the last time anybody has liked an offensive coordinator in Saskatchewan and some people called in and said this guy's too old and stuck in the mud I know because I took the calls but he he's you know they had faith in him they won the Great Cup I've never had anybody call in and say they like the offensive coordinator ever. Mm-hmm. They hate him. We well, can like, say that about the head coach, too, it seems like. I yeah, mean, yeah. when was the last time everyone was all up in arms over a head coach like 
for me, it's probably Ken Austin yeah. because he came in right away and but won he was a great o- cup. But he was only here one year. Exactly. So there's nothing to complain about. After yeah. that, it was yeah. like Corey Chamberlain. And everybody's like, oh, Ken Austin. Here's the other one. Here's the other narrative. Ken Austin, bring him back. Okay, he's left here twice. But yeah. Henry Burris, oh, he left here. He, we can't trust him. Oh, uh, well, Henry, me, Henry Burris me. didn't want to leave here. Nilon Green was the choice of Roy Shiver. So what is Henry supposed to do? Say, Shivers. okay, I'll take less money and just be the backup to Nilon Green? No offense to Nilon, but that was laughable. One of Roy's big blunders. Like, just stupid. It, there was a little character thing there, banging heads between those two. Yeah. So he went and got more money in Calgary. Any of, any one of you guys or girls would have done that. Get get out of here. Get over yourself. If Henry Burst can bring a great staff around him, I think he could be a good option. I do. Anytime. If he can bring if he can bring some good people with him. Well, anytime you're in the league that long, like I heard you uh, talking with Hank yeah. on the airwaves, like he does have a you would think he has a big Rolodex. I mean, he's played on the Riders, the Stamps, the Red Blacks. Uh, this is the other one again. Like, this is the other one I get, Zinger. We just got over having a nice guy. We just got over having a nice guy, Craig. Yeah, I don't know if I classify yeah. Henry as. Yeah, like, yeah I don't think I would. Yeah, he's nice, Zinger, but that's where I'm going. He's not. Craig Dickinson was never in a huddle in a game. Hank's got that dog in him. Hank had to direct. Kerry Joseph had to direct Alpha Dogs in a huddle and get them on the same page and had 20 seconds to do it. Like, have you ever seen, obviously you have, you worked the sidelines for years. Hank gets heated on the yeah, sidelines. Don't, like, don't tell me, don't tell don't, me don't those guys Hank can do it. Those guys can direct the team. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about if you haven't coached before, there are a lot of things you do have to overcome, so you need a good staff around you. We're going to take a break when we come back. We're going to get to, um, uh, what will we get to here? We'll get to train with Tish. Our health and lifestyle expert will also catch up with Ryder Varga. And we'll hear from Deontay Williams, who is second. My second pick for Rookie of the Year for the Riders. This is the Sports Cage for the Canadian Brewhouse on 620 CKRM. 334 Sports Ticker time, and it's time for some National Football League tonight. Week 8 in the NFL kicks off. It's the 3-3 three and three Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Visiting the four and three Buffalo Bills, and both teams are coming off losses. The Bucks fell sixteen to thirteen at home versus Atlanta on Sunday, and the Bills they got stunned by the New England Patriots nine uh, twenty nine to twenty five was the final score this past Sunday. So Bucks and Bills kick off at six fifteen. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. All right, Tish, uh, I just got done in the gym today with my trainer, and that's part of it, but it's now the nutrition side. And last time we talked, you had uh, two nutrition tips, but five in all. So let's get to the final three that you put out in your newsletter. Okay, so number three, we want to make sure that our blood glucose levels stay down. Um, we are learning more and more and more about how bad high blood glucose sh- sugars are in your blood. So we need to do all that we possibly can to lower them. And one one of the best things that you can do is go for a 15-minute walk post-meal. So I know this sort of is hard in Canada when it's dark by 4 and and minus 30 degrees. But if we layer up, it actually forces us to move quicker and faster. Um, So that is the one 
bonus about it being us being in Canada is we'll probably get out there and move a little bit quicker. So mm-hmm. a high-intensity 15-minute power walk post-meal is a great way to make sure those blood sugar levels are a little bit lower and maintained. Um, now, this one is going to be, is going to sound really silly, but it does work. So a lot of us, we, we tend to want a snack. And I always say if your meals are portioned properly, you shouldn't really need to be snacking. But if you do, um, my recommendation is to cut some fresh vegetables up and keep them in your fridge or bring them with you to work. And if you go to eat those veggies, you are hungry. If you decline and decide that you don't need them, then you probably are just bored and looking to snack for no reason. So I know this um, out of experience. Last night was a perfect example. I was fasting and I was hungry by 8 o'clock. Went to the fridge, saw those beautiful cut carrots um, sitting in my fridge and actually took three, enjoyed them. So I know from experience that this actually does work. Now the one, the last thing is, is another thing that I really think people need to think about in terms of the eating at night. So we tend to get bored and on the couch think maybe we deserve to have a little snack. But the last thing we should, like one of the worst things we do is eat at night because you just don't need the fuel, right? You're laying down, you're relaxing, of course, if you're doing shift work or you're working at night, then this is obviously not going to pertain to those individuals. But if you're just sitting on the couch, there should be no reason that we should be mindlessly eating. So it's like that hand-to-mouth practice that I think that we just find uh, habitually something that we'd like to do. So I always say just, I, I heat up uh, lemon water and sip that, and that, that actually does satisfy me. But for some people, um, like a warm Roy Bosch tea, which is herbal, so it's not going to dehydrate you, it's going to replenish you. Um, you might have to pee in the middle of the night, so you want to make sure that you're watching that. But just a hand to mouth, drinking something warm, comforting, especially with the winter coming, um, should get rid of some of those bad habits at night. Check her out on all her social media platforms, Train with Tish. Thanks for your time, Tish Duffy. My pleasure. Have a great day. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right. Michael Ball back here with Sean Kleisinger. Canadian Brew House is our uh, sponsor. Talked to Mark Tressman today. Called him. Today, does the rider job interest you? Said I got no comment. Not commenting on that. I'm not going to jockey for a job. He goes, I'll always take phone calls. He said, I'll always take phone calls. But uh, I'm busy down here. He's visiting his daughter in North Carolina when I talked to him. Said, I'm, um, I'm, uh, I couldn't re- he didn't say he would like. He didn't say he wants to coach again, but he didn't say he didn't want to coach again. He was very vague, which is fine. He said, "I don't jockey for jobs." He said, "I'm telling you this right now. I'll, I'm always open to taking phone calls. I don't expect to get a phone call." And that's where we left it. I said, "Good luck, man. We'll talk to you later." Yeah, thanks, man. Because he's doing that that law thing in Miami too, yeah. right? Teaching and leadership and all that stuff at the University of Miami. So, uh, I tell you what, though, he would be a very attractive. I I think he'd be very attractive. As far as like culture goes, we're Just, talk, yeah. talking about a guy who has uh, been the head coach in the National Football League, Chicago Bears. He's that, won that, multiple. That, that's kind of t- that's kind of tainted him in Chicago with what went on. But I mean, come on, guy! Didn't he have Jay Cutler for a quarterback yeah, or Jay something? Jay Cutler, man. Yeah, like anybody that coaches in Chicago mm. is, is tainted. It's just not the head coach. No. Okay. So, uh, but here he's good. 
Think about what he did in the Canadian Football League. Mm-hmm. We know him well. He played the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in multiple Grey Cups. Yep. I don't need to bring that up. And he beat us. Uh, he uh, Toronto Argonauts. He won one yep. in 2017. Yep. Yep. So come on. And he's a culture builder. Yeah. And he, he uh, and he would be able to put a staff together. And Luke Mullinder knows that well because oh, Luke, Luke, Luke and Paul Waldo swear by him. They think he is the guy. He's the god. He walks on water. I always and those think, two do, those two dudes are hard to please. Yeah, I always think about that story that Luke told about uh, the old Canada how one of the guy's toes was over the white line and then he lost his marbles on him. Well, like, that's the kind of discipline that we need. They have they have, they do film work where they say like in in Tressman's room, he'll play the film of the national anthem and say, "Why are why aren't our feet lined up? Why aren't our helmets on the right side? If you guys can't get this right, then we effing can't get it right on the field." I like that. Yeah, me too. And truth be told, I will tell you this: I did. I'll say it now. I told I told Coach Dickinson, "Your dude should be lined up on the sidelines." They should be lined up on the sidelines, paying attention, setting the tone. We got guys pacing back and forth, and I don't care if that's your routine. New routine, boys. We're standing on the line. That's what we're doing. Do your pacing before and warm-ups. You're standing on the line. We had guys behind the scenes jerking around, drinking water. Uh, one of the guys, I won't mention him, he's stomping down to the five-yard line. It's the friggin' National Anthem, and it might... I don't agree with National Anthems being played in sporting events, unless there of international competition but you're in Canada this is our country you're here playing and extending your career in our country honor the damn flag and face the you know mm. face the field and look like you want to play here look like you're honoring the riders and the league sorry i said that i told coach that too it's one of the things i told behind the scenes you guys look like a mishmash and i'm not saying that's the only team but get it together man mm-hmm. That's how I look at I it. Saw, I also saw the same thing with, uh, I think it was the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, they're, they're not the uh, only team. The game I went to last yeah, week. They're not the only team. Yeah. Stand straight. I know that's a little thing, but that's what it starts with. Little, little a things. A bunch of little things little add up things. to one big thing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I don't know if you are in agreement with me, but actually the awards went exactly what I had. I had Larry Dean. I had, um, for outstanding uh Defensive player and outstanding uh, player. I had Logan Furlan, outstanding offensive lineman. I had uh, Adam Korzak, special teams and rookie of the year. And I had Sam Emlis. But my second rookie of the year was Deontay Williams. And I thought he closed the season out in the last couple of games really strong. He was injured, came back, and left it all out in the field. Here's the last, hopefully not the last we've heard of him, but the last this year. I'll go back to after the game. Deontay Williams, Nebraska Cornhusker. Whoever, like I hope. I hope O'Day maybe brings this guy back. Hello, hello, hello. So, uh, appreciate y'all. Yeah, just talk about uh, another tough loss, man. I thought the defense came to play the last two weeks. Just in the end, you guys make too many mistakes at the wrong time. Yeah, um, we know the defense that we could be. Uh, uh, today we didn't execute uh, like we wanted to, but we left it all out there today. You could tell. Um, but um, it just we we just gotta just be better. Um, whatever comes along in the future comes along, but we know that we could be one of the best defense in this league. Um, we just gotta bond together. Uh, we had a lot of injuries, and you know, injuries mess up a lot of uh, connection with with each other and stuff like that. So it was just building, building every week, you know. Um, but 
and make sure we just pick it back up and try to try to do better. You know, Deontay, you mentioned next year. Um, obviously, this is going to set in here for you at, at some point. I thought you played really well your rookie year. Um, I'm going to ask you a two-pronged question here. A, what was what gave you the ability to catch on really quick and, and play at such a physical level you did this year as a first-year player? And, and maybe more importantly, B, where are some of the things that you'd like to work on in terms of your personal game to come back here next year? Hey, um, when I got cut from the Seattle Seahawks, uh, I ain't played football in like eight months. And, uh, Saskatchewan gave me a chance to uh, play football again. And as I signed that contract, I was just studying and watching it. And, all, and my dad played play, uh, Canadian football as well. So watching him and stuff like that. So I already knew the game a little bit, but not a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. uh, yeah. the field way bigger. Um, you got a couple guys that's running full speed at you. So you can't get used to that until like two weeks, you know, like to get, get, get uh, the same get on the same level as the speed of the game so um but other than that i always was gifted uh to hit the way i hit um but me you know you get older and older i've been playing football for like probably like mm, 25 plus years so you, your body take a toll on you so i gotta be careful on that so i gotta learn how to hit the proper way but it's hard because i play the game dangerous as the way i do and the stuff i want to work on as a player is just to make more make more plays for the defense be a be a more of a playmaker that i could be like how i was in college how i was in high school um i only got one interception this year and, I, and that kind of like you know that kind of like that that right there like i i hold myself to a high standard and I got to do better, you know what I'm saying? I know I could get my hand on the ball as much as possible, so. Yeah, talk to me about that. Here's a here's a prime play. I don't know if you remember it, but Luke brought it up on our broadcast. Uh, Argos were going uh, into the south end zone, and they were down, you know, about the 20-yard line, and they threw one to uh, 17, Sindani, and you were right there. You made the tackle, but if you were a little more aggressive, Luke thought you could have picked that one and gone the other way. How, what, what do you remember about that play, and, and what's it going to take to take that next step? Um, it's just me uh, getting the call. Um, you know, it got loud at that point of the game. So I'm like, dang, I don't know the call. So it's an automatic check that we do. So I got to just stay high. So that's why I wasn't as aggressive because I ain't get the full call because it was in the hurry up. And, uh, yeah, they were in the tempo offense. Yeah, it was in tempo offense, so I couldn't get called. So I talked to my corner, told him, man up, uh, stay over top. And same as me, because it was getting loud. You know, when it get loud, it's hard to hear. So, yeah. so yeah. All in all, all in all, how did you enjoy win, winning a side? And that's the most important thing. I get it. But how did you enjoy your first year here in Saskatchewan in the Canadian Football League? Shoot, I love it. I had fun. Um, you can't. You can't uh you can just be grateful that you you playing this game again you know this game will always get taken away from you and it's always a person that want to trade spots with you so i had fun um hopefully i come back next year and i probably will so because it's it, i enjoyed it that's saskatchewan and yeah. i love the fan i love the community um remind me back in college so yeah. uh 
just keep just keep trying to just get better. Sorry, can you correct me? Forgive me for being ignorant to this. Who's your dad? Uh, Roosevelt Williams. Roosevelt. Okay, so you knew a bit about the game. Yes, but sir. I, I find a lot of Americans don't really appreciate the game. Like they come, and I don't mean that rudely, but they come up here to think, "I'll be here for a cup of coffee. I'll get right back to the NFL." And then when they get here, they figure out, "Oh, this is a real. Yeah, it's There's a, some good. It's talent. a lot of talent out here. Yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about that from your perspective. Uh, um, just watching, you know, I, I watch YouTube videos and stuff like that, and a guy like I like is Ocho Cinco, and Ocho Cinco was saying the same thing. Like, it's some talent up here, uh, definitely. And when I came up here at camp, I was like, dang, this, <laughs> shoot, most of these guys could play in the league, the NFL, if they wanted to, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's a, all, all about business and politics type of deal, so. Uh, but it's a lot of talent out, out here. Um, you can't take, you can't underestimate uh, your opponents. Um, it's a lot of good receivers, a lot of good running backs, a lot of good quarterbacks, all types of positions. There's a lot of talent out here. So, and it's good. To, it's good to compete too. So, and that's what I like. My last question to you. I want, yes, sir. I want to get a perspective in the locker room. Did you got? Do you feel like you guys had enough leadership in that locker room to? You know, seven game, a seven game losing skid it brings up a lot of questions, man. Yeah, we had a lot of leadership, uh, even the young guys, even from the young guys to the old guys. We was all trying to like, you know, get that camaraderie out of each other, trying to figure out to put us in the best position to win. Um, uh, when we came to this locker room, it's always been like brother like family uh here um if we have problems with each other we fix it right there Nip, nipping in the bud right there um but other than that it was always good energy in the building even if we lost or won so can't we could just be proud of that we could just be proud of that and hold our head high because we left it all out there today Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Got another text at 936-6262. This one is from Brad Archerwill. Thanks for listening, Brad. Sure hope the riders don't hire any of the people from the TSN panel. Bring in some new ideas and enthusiasm. Who would he be referring to? Probably Jim Barker and or uh, Paul Apolise. Milt Stiegel. Uh, Stiegel's not going to coach. Um, What's a, What does hashtag uh, paper plates mean? I have no idea. What does that mean? Can we find that out by the end of next what week? What does that least, mean? Maybe? We'll have to get a hold of it. I don't know maybe. what that means. I have no idea. Hey, tonight the Oilers play the Rangers and two of their greats are going in. Doug Waite and Charlie Huddy. Doug Waite was the best oiler between the 80s Oilers and the McDavid era. Tongues he, out, right? He was That's awesome. That's a hockey lingo, love, right? Yeah, Tongues yeah, out. Yeah, he I was think awesome. I'm fitting in now, right? He, he I'm was a awesome. hockey player now, right? The, the ironic thing was he was there through all the tough years. The Oilers finally get to the Stanley Cup in 2006 against his Hurricanes and Carolina beats Edmonton. Charlie Huddy's the other guy going in. Real dependable stay-at-home defenseman. He was one of those guys with Paul Coffey and he had to stay home and try to batten down the hatches, right? For those the that don't know that I'm ta- what I'm talking about, I mean like the skates. You Skate. don't tuck your socks yeah. yes. in. That's yes. when like yeah. your tongues are tongues out. out. Yeah. Tongues out. Let's go to the phone line. Say hi to Ryder Varga, the outstanding rookie nominee. For the BC Lions and former Regina Ram, Dr. Martin Labolis, Golden Son. Hi, Ryder. Hey, Bobby, how's it going? Good, man. You sound tired, boy. 
you know, just working. Yeah, I've been working, eh? Getting ready for the yeah. play. Getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, that's a very good. That's a very good starting point. Before we get to all your accolades, uh, this is a lot longer than you've played in one season. Have you had to kind of? Has that been a big adjustment for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it helps having um, you know professional quality like trainers and and you know tra- uh, coaching staff and therapists and stuff like that, of course. But eighteen games. I mean, with preseason, I've played twenty games already this year. So. Hopefully, hopefully get that up to twenty three by the end of the year. If we if we win, go all the way, win the Great Cup. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's a long season compared to compared to college. What's been the big besides that? What's been the biggest adjustment for you? Uh, in terms of the length of the season, or just in general? Just, just in general. I know the length of the season's big because you're. You've, I mean, that's two U sports seasons in one. But in terms of if you don't make the playoffs, but in terms of everything else, yeah, in terms of everything else, just you know. The speed of the game and honestly the playbook is is just a lot too and just the adjustments week by week you know it's a, it's a intense chess match being played every week and it's just it's fun to see you know our coaches minds at work and see you know how we plan on combating the other teams with best plays and stuff like that it's cool to see all that behind the scenes it's awesome that uh, people didn't know you got drafted but then you decided to come back after going to training camp with the bc lines a player last year at the rams and get your engineering degree because the classes had to be taken in the fall so then you come back how how uh fulfilling is it for you i know you're a team guy but to be recognized with this honor and come back and you have the degree and the validity that hey i i knew i could come back and make a difference yeah I mean of course you just put your head down and work and you know if things work out they work out and you tried your best and if they didn't work out then hey you tried your best and that's all you can hang your hat on so I'm, I'm happy with it obviously it wasn't something that I set out this season to, to do specifically but I'm happy that um, you know the coaches and, and the writers think that I made a good impact this year and hopefully uh, it was just the start of a up uh, upwards trend in my career. I was just going through my awards here. We're going to have to Sean and I are going to fill this out a little later on. Um, we were looking at the uh, most outstanding rookie, Clark Barnes in Calgary, Kai Gray in Edmonton, Adam Korzak, the Ryder punter, uh, Jam Sheehan from Winnipeg, their punter, and Ryder Varga, the BC Lions, is in the running for the uh, Western nominee. Had 13 special teams tackles, 9 defensive stops, 1 sack, with uh, some fill-in reps at linebacker. You have a great teammate in the middle there, Ben Halatic, Canadian, 100, ta- 100 plus tackles. What's it like playing with him? How much has he helped you, former UBC Thunderbird? Yeah, it, it's he's been great. I used to um, like watch his film because we played in university at the same time. He left a little bit before me, but he's a guy I looked up to not only in, in U Sports, but now I get to the team and he's he's the top dog. So it's it's been fun. He's you know. He's my age too, and he has like a house and the kid. It's just crazy how <laughs> how we be at the same age, and he's he's getting a hundred tackles plus, and he has a house and a kid, and I'm just here living with a couple of roommates and you know waiting to get back yeah. back home to Regina to to the family to live at home. So hey. that's funny. He, he's he's been awesome. He's he's helped me every step of the way, and he. He really levels with me and helps me understand the game a lot more. It's really like being in college, only you're a pro now, right? You got roommates. Who are your roommates? So sorry, who are my roommates? Yeah, yeah. who are your roommates? Uh, you know Riley Pickett, of course. Yeah. With the Huskies and Tyler Packer, he played on the Dinos. So yeah. That's... We have a nice, nice little townhouse and did along most of the time, so that's all you can ask for. <laughs> that's awesome. And lastly, didn't look too good against Calgary. I kind of expected a flag football performance from you guys. What's the feeling like here as we're headed to the playoffs? 
No, we're good. We're locked in now. It's just, you know, sometimes it's hard to stay motivated in, in games like that when you have, you know, a bunch of grown adults and sometimes motivation is, is harder to come by than it is in, in university. I say that for sure. It's just sometimes you get checked out a little bit earlier in the game and we're just, we're on the net sweep. We flushed that one already and, and we're preparing this week, just working on ourselves a little bit. And then next week we'll be all Calgary and we'll see, we'll see if we can come out with a better performance. I sure hope so. Well, I can see online that mum, Connie and dad, Brad are pretty excited and we're excited too. We're cheering for you. BC Lions, always my second favorite team, even before you got there, but we're pumped. Uh, we're, we're, we're behind number 48 of the BC Lions. Who knows? Maybe we'll even vote for you for most outstanding rookie. I might even do that live on the air. We got to go though. Uh, Ryder, have a great day. Okay. Yeah, you as well. Thank you. Take care. That's Ryder Varga joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in the second hour in a moment here on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. 936-6262, the number to call locally if you want to weigh in on the sports topics of the day. Uh, 1-866-767-0620. You can text us at 936-6262 uh, for the Capital Auto Group. I'm not sure what Leonard's referring to here. Like, I don't get the context of it. I mean, I know what he's saying. He says the New England Patriots would never have won seven Super Bowl titles if Tom Brady was hurt over the years and could not play. I guess maybe the Riders would have been better if Trevor Harris was quarterbacking. I think it might be. Uh, maybe because my sports ticker, I said that the Bills lost to the Patriots Last week, and that just flared something in Leonard's oh, mind maybe, to talk about the Patriots. Maybe, I don't know. maybe Bills have been underachieving. Anyways, let's get to this if we can, Zinger. Okay, time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. Smart investing solutions. Be smart with your money. Give Brian Golly call five four six twenty five. 33. Arash, you were in Ottawa, now you're in Montreal. What are you doing in Montreal? I am on the Christine Sinclair uh, retirement tour. Mm. Uh, the captain spoke today and she said the last thing in the world, she said it was her worst nightmare, Ballsy, to have a farewell tour, but she said family and friends convinced her that it was good to say goodbye, it was good to soak it in, the fact that she'll get two games at home in BC in December. Um, and she doesn't really want to talk legacy yet. She said, maybe I will when this is all over. But for now, she has said, if I played a you know, small part in making soccer bigger and better, um, then, then that's great. Yeah, she's, she is uh, uh, definitely a symbolic of female soccer in this country, uh, one of the goats. Okay, so let's um, talk this Ottawa Senators Pinto betting situation. He's been suspended for 41 games. He's an unsigned player, but uh, yeah, he bets. But that's kind of all we know. Uh, have you heard anything? Well, we also know that he didn't gamble on NHL games. So then why the hell is he suspended? Well, for the same reason that the NFL suspended a bunch of players, don't forget Ballsy, for gambling on non-NFL games. Like, this is the problem. The policy is absurd. It's gotten to the point now with all of this that, you know, it was a tradition when I'd go to spring training every year. 
what what actually helps bring guys together because they'd have standings up on the whiteboard and there was trash talking every Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday morning because spring training is every day. They'd run a March Madness pool, right? The dog days of spring, it's March. Some of the players went to some of those schools, but nobody really knows anything. So they'd all throw, you know, they're big league ball players. They'd all throw 500 bucks in. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, so, so none me, of this is acceptable, and because like because these gambling sites are tied, you know, you can tie your location, and you have to put your name and whatever. That's how Pinto got caught. One of the companies actually tipped off the NHL. They bet on the planes. They bet their per diem on the planes, card games on the back of the planes, dude. Of course, I said this, and I stand by it. First of all, Pete Rowe should be allowed to be. After all this being Baseball Hall of Fame, it's a joke that he's not. I, I, I won't listen to any argument contrary to that. It's a garbage. Secondly, you've got a betting site on your helmet. That is the yeah. that is hypocritical. Oh, and it's a slippery I, slope, my friend. I, I have know. no problem with Pinto, Sanderson, McDavid. If you know, McDavid's on advertising. Why can't McDavid yep. you t- explain? Give me a good reason why McDavid can't bet on a Carolina Hurricane San Jose Sharks game, which he has no say in, has nothing to yep. do with him. Why can't he? Why can't he? Okay, but but uh, this is what I'm telling you. The issue isn't McDavid betting on the NHL. The issue is McDavid can't leave practice today and say, you know what? I want to get together with a couple of the guys tonight. I want to watch the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to throw 500 bucks on the Bills. Why not? Gives us, you know, he can't even do that. Yeah, that's garbage. It's embarrassing. But the, the NHL has been embarrassing on so many fronts. Um, right. I'm going to ask you, we'll go to football last. Varsho moreno Guriel, the trade Varsho for those two dudes. Is that the worst trade in Jay's history? It might be. It might be. No, it's not. Uh, they traded Michael Young away. That was a terrible one to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say this is, you know, the, the issue is on top of everything else, Balsy. And I had this conversation with Ross Atkins. I just said, oh, you know what, Ross, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. This was a couple of years ago. I said the two most important positions in sports are quarterback and catcher. And what's the amazing part about both is that there is a lack of supply of quality quarterbacks on both sides of the border, and there's a lack of supply on catchers. And here you have Gabby Moreno, who is homegrown, who you identified, who you developed, who you brought up in your system, in your academies, and all the rest, and you actually have a catcher, and you trade him and Gurriel away for Dalton Varsho? (laughs) That's the issue I have, is that you you actually had one of the tough positions, and Ross is like, well, a catcher's not that important. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, that tells you where the Jays are. Hey, anybody that said they saw this uh, World Series coming, liars. Unless he's maybe yep. a rash Madani. The Diamondbacks nope, and Rangers matchup at a 1750 to 1, 1750-1 odds when wagering opened last fall. Last yeah. fall, okay? Uh, all the big-name teams are done. The Dodgers, the Braves, uh, you got the Yankees are done, the Padres. Major League Baseball has its third all-wild card meeting, a Grand Canyon versus Lone Star State finale, and and potentially the first all-indoor fall classic. Both roofs, I think, retract, although I think they're too scared to open Arizona's because it might not close again. It's that old of a stadium. Um, but 
This is going to be, I think it's a five-game series. Texas wins it. How do you feel? It's a good question, Ballsy. I, I, I have no read on this because, you know, I, I just didn't see the Diamondbacks coming, and then they sweep the Brewers, and they sweep the Dodgers, and then they're down 3-2 to the Phillies. They come back and do it. It's true. And it's kind of like, okay, well, it's hard to count them out, um, but I just like Texas's pitching better. I like Texas's vets better. I like Corey Seager a lot. I like Marcus Semien a lot. I, you know, I just think the Rangers, you know, and then, of course, you know, Max Scherzer into the mix. I, I just think the Rangers are the better team. But you know how this goes, man. Sometimes in sports, and these guys haven't had a break. Yep. Right? They go game seven, so they just kind of keep rolling, and the momentum continues to go with the Diamondbacks. And, like, sometimes in sports, what should happen doesn't necessarily always happen, and, and it feels like we're there with the Diamondbacks, so it's hard to kind of count them out. Mm, yeah, true. Okay, so let's uh, talk about this. Now the Rough Riders coaching uh, coaching search, I, yeah, that's the right way to put it, and um, people have speculated on who could come, who might not come, whatever. What's your list? You got any names that maybe we haven't talked about, or what are you uh, putting together there? Okay, so... Like we talked about, I think that their next head coach should have head coaching experience before. So presently in the CFL, the guy to me that should get an interview, probably will get an interview, is Ottawa's offensive coordinator, Kahari Jones. Navigated a really tough situation in Montreal when he was head coach. All that ownership you know, dysfunction and the rest has been in the chair before. He and Jeremy O'Day, I believe, have a rapport and a relationship. I think that's an interesting one. Here's the name that hasn't come up, Ballsy, and I think I kind of understand why, but when you dig deeper, it would make a lot of sense. Okay, so yes, there is a coach out there who is coaching. He was on the coaching staff at Auburn in the SEC. But Ken Austin is a quality control special assistant to Hugh Freeze at Auburn. How much sense would it make for Ken Austin to return to Saskatchewan? And how much could you sell Ken Austin in Saskatchewan? He's remarried. He has a Canadian wife. It, it, to me, I think that's a name that is absolutely in the discussion, or should be in the discussion of at least having a conversation. I'm surprised it hasn't been really at the forefront in this conversation. How about Mark Tressman? Mark, Tre- I talked to Mark Tressman today. Mark Tressman said, "I am not, I'm not jockeying for a job. I, uh, I. He never told me whether he, you know, wants to coach again. All he, I got the impression he." would like to coach again. He did say, I will answer any phone call. I'll never turn down a phone call, but I am not lobbying for a job. And he also said, I don't expect a phone call. I think Mark Tressman should get a phone call. I think Mark Tressman should get a phone call too. My sense in all of this, especially if you're a GM hiring your second coach, and if it doesn't work out, it's going to be your last coach. It's got to be somebody you have some familiarity with, some trust with. Um... Well, Mark, Tres- so Mark, I, Mark just, Tressman, Mark Tressman, and Craig Reynolds apparently are have pretty good uh, have a pretty good rapport. Craig Reynolds, the president, oh, I bet they do. Yeah, um, yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I look across the league right now. I look at a guy like Corey Mace. I think he would really impress Jeremy O'Day in an interview. Um, everybody I talked to when Mace kind of did interviews last year, and just the way you know the way he carries himself. I think that would be one. I don't think the Riders hire a special teams coach. 
So I think Mark Killam's out of the mix, for instance, just because they just had one and it didn't work out. Not always fair. Doesn't always make sense on the why, but I think that's how that's going to What about out. the guy I talked to yesterday, Henry Burris? What about Kerry Joseph, who told me he is open to coming back for a head coaching job, still loves Saskatchewan? What about Mark Mueller? What do you think of those three? Well, let, let's focus on Mueller, because this is a little nugget I was told yesterday. Yesterday, the day before, I can't remember. Two days ago, I think. You know, all this time, the talk was Mueller's been calling the plays in Calgary. I was told a little while into the season, not quite at the midway point of the year, that, that Mueller wasn't calling the plays in Calgary anymore. I, I think it's time for Mark Mueller to have a change of scenery. And to me, this suddenly makes a really interesting case. Okay, does he want to be an OC? Does he want to be OC assistant head coach? Or is he ready to make the jump into the big chair? Well, everybody I've talked to, Bo Levi Mitchell, I've talked to Ryan Dinwiddie before. I've talked to people. They said, this guy's got a bright mind. This guy is an up-and-coming great coach. And I know he is. I know him personally. And he's got a bit of alpha in him, too, which is what the Riders need. They need somebody that can take charge of a locker room. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely do need that. And look, you got to change your personnel. Like, as much as this is about coaching... um, some of it's about X's and O's ballsy, but a lot of it's about Jimmy's and Joe's. They they got to get a lot better with their with their players. Let me ask you this question before I let you go: Would you bring Trevor Harris back? I think you have to, because who else is there? Well, I I'm I'm for Trevor Harris coming back, but do you ask Trevor Harris to take a little bit of a, a haircut? Yeah, like I, I just look around the league right now, and where is the quality of quarterback if you don't have one of the incumbents right now? He's the, he's right there as the third best quarterback in the CFL. I really believe that. Sure. Riders were three and one with him. You got Kelly, Kalaros. You could make a case for Vernon Adams, although at times he's good enough to keep both teams in the game, and he's the most accurate passer in CFL history. Trevor Harris. He's right there in the top tier. Yeah. No. No. I'm I'm with you. Um, I think I think it's a must, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, it, where's the quarterback movement going to be, and who is possibly going to be available, and which of them is possibly an upgrade? Yeah, and of course, a guy like Jake Dolagala is a free agent after this year, so you got to decide if he if you saw enough from him to bring him back. I think you did. Think but is Jake Dolagala going to be a starter anywhere? Probably not. Uh, no, not right now. For yeah, sure not right, right. now. Hey, uh, before I let you go, you hung out with McEnroe. John McEnroe, how did that go? It was cool, man. It was a lot of stories with that guy. Um, he's got a story about everyone, about everything. You know, I said it was one of the coolest people to, you know, we're talking about Buzzy, did you know that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating? Had you heard that? No, no. So I just asked McEnroe, I said, who's the coolest person sitting in your box? He said, you know, I looked over one day and there was Mick Jagger. I'm like, okay, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And he said I was, you know, in the old days, he said there was actual courtside seats like at a basketball game for tennis. And there was Jack Nicholson cheering me on. He said, those were a couple of cool ones. He hates Jimmy Connors. He hates pickleball. He's got all the opinions you can imagine, so it was a great time. Awesome, man. Well, you have uh, fun in Montreal. That's a tough place to be bored in. So uh, Yes, I know. I'm actually, I was just before you called, I was filling out my 
um, the first round of ballots for CFL awards. Yep. I'm so I'll ask you this. Yeah. Your top two selections for East Coach of the Year. Obviously, Dinwiddie is the first choice. Mm. Who's the second? Is it Moss, I guess? Yeah, it's Moss. It's got to be Moss. Moss went in there, and uh, he... I think when the chair stopped, he was left with Cody Fajardo, and so yeah. he's done a pretty good job with Cody Fajardo there, and uh, and yeah, I'd, I'd say Moss for sure. O O came back at the end of the year though and did a great job to get them back where they were, but that was the Scott Milanovic thing. Uh, I think influence. I think Scott Milanovic stays there as the head coach. I think they'll elevate him at the end of the day. You do, huh? I believe that. I believe that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's probably who I take. Who would be your? And it, it's obviously in the West here. It's O'Shea and Campbell, right? Yeah, and I go Campbell O'Shea. Really? That's how you go. I, I think. I think that Rick Campbell's coaching job, losing Nathan Rourke, and still having the team be as successful as it's been, was a better coaching job than Mike O'Shea, who just basically inherited the team he brought, they brought back. I think from a coaching standpoint. That was a tougher gig. They had the quarterback, you know, back and forth, et cetera. I, I think it was a tougher coaching job. Well, I, I can buy that, but I, I think a guy that's going to have his team playing in the Grey Cup four years in a row and stayed at the top of the pillar in a free agency era with old dudes, uh, built the culture. Uh, I, I'm still going to vote Mike O'Shea. When, uh, the, the, the BC line showed me who they were a few weeks ago against the uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're, they're not there. Like It's over. Lights out. It's Toronto and Winnipeg in the Grey Cup. I'll be shocked if it's not. All right. Anyway, take care, bro. I'll make bro. my wagers accordingly, unlike <laughs> Shane Pinto. <laughs> uh, take care, bro. See you, bud. That's uh, Arash Madani for Smart Investing Solutions. We will fill out our West stuff here right away. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Clutch Performers, Dennis Schroeder. First year with the Raptors, 20 points to help the Raptors to a uh, victory over the Mill or Minnesota. Um, Don't you say my team? Almost said the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks, and then I almost said the uh, Minnesota Timber or Minnesota Wild, but it was the Timberwolves as uh, he had 22 points actually in his debut and made the coach Darko Ryokovic. Is that he said Ryokovic? The uh, Winner in his debut on the the uh, bench of the uh, Toronto Raptors. So our uh, clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give him a call seven eight one ten seventy seven. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. So like we did with the player nominees for the Riders, we're going to do the West. Round two here, okay, for the West Singer. Let's go. Let's go. And then I'll hit done, and it'll send it to Lucas Baird at the league office. Most outstanding player. I got, uh, there's Adams Jr., Reggie Bagleton, Larry Dean, Trey Ford, Brady Oliveira. I went Oliveira one, Vernon Adams Jr. two. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Defensive player. Even though he's been fined four times, and I think he should have been suspended, he's a friend of the show, and he is a menace. Great signing by the Stamps. I got Micah Alway as the most outstanding defensive player of the West, beating out Betts, Serezna, Dean, and Willie Jefferson in Winnipeg. Second choice with Matthew Betts. I agree. Yeah. I think it'll be, you were saying this, I think it'll be Alway against Winton McManus of the Argos. I think those are the two best. Yeah. Um, outstanding Canadian. Betts, Emelis, Trey Ford, Cameron Judge, Brady Oliveira. 
I mean, Brady Oliveira. I'm going to go Brady Oliveira, and then I'm going to go Matthew Betts. Yeah. That's how it's got to be. Um, most outstanding offensive lineman. I got Sean McEwen of the Calgary Stampeders. He anchored the middle of that line. I thought he did a solid job. They gave up very few uh, sacks this year, which is surprising because the tackles really were an issue for them. Jake Mayer didn't have a lot of help with his offensive line on the outside, but the inside was good. I went McEwen over Ivy, Hardrick, Furland, and Broxton of the Lions. Number My second choice was the former rider Hardrick of the Bombers. No, one are. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, though. Most outstanding special teams player, Castillo, Hutter, Korzak, Rene Paradis, Sean White. It's close, but I'm going to go with Paradis because he made more field goals than other players attempted. So I'm going to go with him, Sean White second, BC line. I just realized we picked a lot of Stampeders. I think that's three. I think that's three we picked balls. And that's amazing because they were a crappy team. Yeah. We got Micah Alway, got Paradis and McEwen. What's going on here? Yeah, that's Are we, wrong? Are we wrong? I don't know. Maybe we're I think wrong. a lot of people would pick someone different for the defensive player. I think a lot of people would pick Betts. Some people might pick Serezna, but Yeah, he's on a bad team. That's right. That's a good point. I'm switching that up. Matthew Betts, Mike Alway second. All I have right, to do yeah. that. All right. I have yeah. to do that. All right. I have to do I that. I talked you through it. I'm a counselor. Thank, thank you. Thank yep. you, buddy. Yeah, that's a good point. No, that's a really good point. I'm glad you were here because yeah. I probably would have screwed that up by myself. Uh, most outstanding rookie, Clark Barnes Stamps, Kai Gray Edmonton, Adam Korzak, Saskatchewan. Jam Sheehan, Winnipeg, Ryder Varga, BC. We just had Varga on. Great kid. I put him as my second choice. First choice, Kai Gray Edmonton. Yeah, you asked to. He That's had a, an outstanding. He had a great year. He had a touchdown, a couple interceptions, 54 tackles on defense. And my coach of the year, you heard a rash go Rick Campbell, Mike O'Shea. I went the other way. <laughs> oh, Mike O'Shea, Rick Campbell. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Is that good? You like that? I like that. Scent. There we go. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Back inside the Sports Cage with your sports ticker. It's 434, and it was on this day back in 2008 that this was said. Vernon, Vernon just uh, it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um, players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we cannot make we cannot make decisions that cost the team, and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No, you know what? I, I, this is how I believe. Okay, I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with ten people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else, rather than play with eleven when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. Can't do it. And that's Mike Singletary on this day back in 2008, one of the greater speeches in NFL history. Your sports ticker is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating. Where professional service is guaranteed, they will treat you right. Give them a call at 781-2090. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass, 16 counters, ZD bank. Full back west right, zoom. Full back left. Pass half back at zero. Z quick screen left. On one. Right. 
Well, today in the CFL Report, we hear from Sam Emelis, who turned 26 yesterday, and he was named the Riders' most outstanding Canadian. 70 catches for 1,097 yards this year and six touchdowns. And he did it while the team used three different quarterbacks. He said when opportunity knocked, he was ready to answer. This year I had the opportunity to be a starter and, you know, make plays. Um, last year I was more learning about the offense and getting back to the CFL game. But this year I got a chance to be, be on the field. So I would say opportunity was the biggest thing for me and, and, and learning the game from last year. So. And number 19 admits even though this year was rewarding personally, he does have a couple areas where he can improve to take his game to the next level. I feel like I could make more um, contested catch or improve my blocking a little bit. Or, um, you know, stuff, stuff of that nature. I'm going to have to look at the film. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Thursday show is brought to you by our friends at the Canadian Brew House. Uh, they got a great uh, menu selection of food and drinks and all under one roof. Two locations in Regina and one in a sas or two locations we're joined now by playnow.com's ben whiting ben you've played uh played in the cfl so you know what it's all about craig dickinson is out his coaching staff is out um but let me ask you do you think it's just as simple as changing the coach in saskatchewan uh, that's a great question there, Mike. I, I mean, there's there's not really a black and white answer in any of this. Uh, it's I wish I could kind of tell you definitively, but I obviously I can't. But I think a change is necessary. Bottom line, whether that means you know keeping the GM was a was a good choice. I mean, that remains to be seen. But change was definitely needed. It was probably needed last year. So I guess I'm glad that they're you know they're flipping the page and. I think Dickinson went out with a lot of, uh, you know, grace, and, and he was very professional about the whole matter. So I, I'm hoping they can move back and start taking steps in the right direction. Let's start NFL Thursday night game: Buffalo Bills and Tampa. Buffalo hasn't been that great the last couple of games. Now one of them was in London, and Tampa's been better than expected. Uh, what do you like in that game? Either the game itself or inside the game, Ben. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's an interesting game. Kind of one of the better ones as far as Thursday football traditionally goes. Uh, right now, the money line's sitting at uh, Buffalo Bills, 1.22 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, 4.5. So it's very lopsided in favor of the Bills. I do believe that that's the way it's going to go. And then uh, within the game, there's a line that I found quite interesting. It's uh, Stephon Diggs, first touchdown score at 5.25 odds. Uh, I think that, that's pretty competitive odds considering Stefan Diggs scored six touchdowns in six games. Mind you, three of them came in one game, but he's he's getting regular targets from Josh Allen, and I could definitely see him finding his way end zone. Uh, I guess the real big gamble here is hopefully it's the, he's the first person to fall into the end zone there. So I'm taking that tonight. 5.25 odds may as well. All right. So um, 
I, uh, I I apologize to Detroit Lions fans because I went on playnow.com did a futures pick. I picked Jared Goff as the MVP of the league. It was some ridiculous odds, like 1,200 to 1 or 2,000 to 1. I forgot what it was. <laughs> Put 10 bucks on it, then they go out and just absolutely get steamrolled by the Ravens. Not to say he still can't win it, but you can blame me, Lions fans. But speaking of futures odds, how about this? Let's talk about the CFL teams in the playoffs because really that's all we're caring about now. We know the playoff matchups are set. Uh, let's go through some of these. Uh, BC and Calgary, NBC. That's going to be an interesting game in that I don't, I mean, BC did, they played flag football that last game against Calgary. They really didn't want to get hurt, but I'm not sold on the Lions as I was maybe three, four, five weeks ago. They almost have a pretender like feel to me, especially on defense. Uh, what do you see in that playoff matchup and odds for these teams in this, in, in this first round? Yeah, for sure. So the odds aren't uploaded just quite yeah. yet, but I completely agree. BC kind of laid an egg last uh, last game they played against the Stampeders, got blown out. But it's also kind of a take it with a grain of salt, if you will. Uh, BC obviously knew that they had the first-round home advantage over Calgary. They're going to see them again. So I imagine the play calling wasn't too, too exotic. They just wanted to get in, stay healthy, uh, and, and flip the page and move on to the playoffs. Uh that being said, I, I just can't see a scenario where Calgary beats BC uh, in this situation. Um, obviously, if you're putting money on the line, I think betting on the BC Lions is a pretty safe bet. Obviously, anything can happen. I just think given the circumstances of that last game, there's no way um, BC was putting their best foot forward, uh, and Calgary obviously had everything on the line. So it's not really an honest look as far as matchup looks uh, goes. Um, so I think BC's got a, a, a better chance than Calgary if I'm looking at from taking a couple steps back here. So let's go back to the East now. This is an interesting one because Hamilton has been playing better ball in recent weeks. I think they're better with Matthew Schiltz as their quarterback, and that's no disrespect to the GOAT. Bo Levi Mitchell. I just think that uh, Matthew Schiltz is a little more on his game right now. Uh, so I'd go with him at quarterback. I don't know what they're going to do there, and we're still up in the air. We're w- more than a week away. And, and Montreal, they've got a really good defense, but I don't know if I trust Cody Fajardo in that spot. How, how do you see that one shaking down? Well, you know my stance. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I am not going to bet on the Montreal West. But like you said, uh, I think Schultz probably is the better decision going forward. Obviously, you know, when you're – your backup plan is Bo Levi Mitchell. You're in a pretty good spot. But you got to go with the quarterback that's in a little bit better form right now. Uh, and if it comes to the point where you got to make a change, uh, Bo is definitely a good plan B. As it sits right now, to win the Grey Cup, the Montreal Alouettes are at a uh, 13.0 futures bet to the Ticats 17.0 uh, futures bet, which... Mm-hmm. As far as futures bets go, that's pretty close. I think the, this matchup's going to be a little bit closer um, than maybe some people will anticipate. I'm taking Hamilton in this, obviously, because I don't like Montreal one bit, but also because I think part of the season, you know, you get to the playoffs and now nothing matters, all right? Hamilton may have been bad for majority of the season, but they're in the dance now, and anything can happen once you get there. Uh, go on a little bit of a run get hot at the right time, get guys back and healthy at the right time, uh, and you can make a little bit of a run at this. So I'm going to take Hamilton over Montreal in this one. 
And of uh, course, and of course, they've got that carrot that if they get to the ultimate game, it's once again back in their stadium, and that's always a nice little caveat too. Hey, so I I kind of glossed over that. What are the odds for the Lions and the Calgary Stampeders to uh, to uh, you know get to the Grey Cup and win it? I would say that Calgary's probably got the lowest uh, chance of anybody in the playoffs. Right? That wouldn't be a big shocker. Yeah, that's correct. So Calgary, as I mentioned, Montreal thirteen, Hamilton seventeen, Calgary's at twenty one. Um, not very surprising seeing as they squeaked in there. would have been interesting to see uh, what the riders would have been priced at if they had made it through. Hmm. Probably at 25 or so. Yeah. Um, BC's at a 6.5. And then this is kind of where it gets crazy ballsy. Toronto's at a 2.1, and the Bombers are at a 2.5. So uh, if I look at the odd spreadsheet right now, essentially what it's telling me is Toronto and Winnipeg, I mean, that's what all roads lead to. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of a chance outside of that. But if I am also looking at this sheet, kind of thinking, obviously there's two favorites here. Uh, Toronto's going to make it through. I just can't see a situation where they don't. Um, I really think it'll come down to Winnipeg and BC. Uh, that's going to be an interesting game. I mean, they've gone back and forth all year, and I, I think those are the three to watch. And then obviously if Montreal, Hamilton, Calgary makes it in, that's just good viewing it. Viewership entertainment there. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loves it under. Well, I'll tell you though, uh, I don't, I just don't like BC's chances. They can't run the ball. They're playing in cold weather. Winnipeg's dominant there and Winnipeg gets all the calls in general, but especially at home. That's the way it is. I don't care what anybody says. So I, I like Winnipeg. I don't like it, but Winnipeg and Toronto will be in the Grey Cup. But I don't think, like, I'm going to, I'm not an expert like these odds makers, Ben Whiting. Just my eyeball test, Toronto's the best team in the CFL, and it's not close. Winnipeg's living on their resume. Toronto's way better than Winnipeg. For sure. And, and it's gonna. It's one of those things, though. As soon as you get to the dance, I mean, nothing really matters anymore. You get, you, it's the whole, you can mm-hmm. heal tomorrow, let it all go, all that sort of stuff. Once you get to the Grey Cup, I mean... You, you never know, yeah. right? So put, put all once the, you get there... Yeah, put all the chips on the table, for sure. Um, so... Before I let you go and get into the nuts and bolts of this, how they sign up, the way too early Grey Cup prediction. Who's playing in it? Who's winning it? Way too early Grey Cup prediction. I'm going to go. I'll shake it up here. Why not? It's going to be Toronto versus the BC Lions. Um, that's crazy already. <laughs> and then Toronto's going to beat the BC Lions. That's that's uh, I think it's going to go. So, Get a little razzled out. Yeah, I don't care. I don't. I, I, I'm all for Winnipeg not being in the Grey Cup. Believe me, I, I respect them, but I'm tired of them. Uh, and maybe that's a sign of a really good team. Okay, where do they sign up if they want to bet? Not just on this. NHL, NBA's kicked off. The Raptors played yesterday, and of course, we already talked NFL. And those are just the uh, and Major League Baseball, the World Series, and those are just the traditional sports we know about. Yeah, for sure. So all you got to do is go to playnow.com. Uh, click the red join button, enter your personal information in, uh, and then pick your preferred deposit method so you can start wagering. After that, you got access to over 500 different slot games. It's probably closer to 600 slot games. We've been releasing like eight slots a, a week now. Uh, the live casino and obviously the playnow.com sportsbook, which there is an iOS app. Uh, so if you have an Apple phone, Type in Play Now Saskatchewan, download the app, uh, and then it's just a little bit better of a functionality when you're betting on the games. Like you said, Baldy, you can bet as far as sports going on literally anything. I'm reading the the uh, the navigation bar right now. There's Heisman Trophy, 
NCAA college football championship, badminton, baseball, beach volleyball, motor racing. There's something for anyone on here, and we always got a ton of different promotions. So head on over to playnow.com. Take a look at what might be interesting to you. Register, uh, and you can go from there. Only thing that we're asking, obviously, we live in Saskatchewan. We're the only legal online gambling platform in the province of Saskatchewan. So all the things you see on TV and the commercials, those are not legal in Saskatchewan. They are not under our provincial uh, regulation. Um, so obviously, in order to gamble in Saskatchewan, you got to be over the age of 19. Uh, and then we ask that you do it responsibly by using your game set. Ben, thanks for your time, man. Have yourself a great weekend. You too. Talk to you later, Ballsy. Now bringing you three hours of the hottest sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Show's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Thanks to them for their sponsorship of the show. And Pat Chat a little later on. We're talking hockey of a different form. That'd be the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Uh, Cody Mapes joining us here, the head coach, general manager of the team. How are you, Cody, of the Weyburn Red Wings? How are you, man? Uh, doing well. Thanks, Baldy. How are you doing? Good, man. You're off to a good start. 15 points, first in the Viterra division. I saw at one point, like your first four games of the year, you dudes had killed off 20 straight penalties, which was a franchise record. Uh, has that been a key to your success? Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, when we're, when our special teams are good, it's not a big secret, but yeah. when our special teams are good, we, uh, we win some hockey games. And when, uh, when they're not, we generally don't. So, uh, obviously that penalty kill to start the year was pretty good. And our, uh, our power play was good enough to, to get us some, uh, you know, a goal or two a game. And so, uh, it's been, it's been good for the most part, other than probably about two or three games in the middle there. But uh, I think we got her sorted out again. Hey, I wanted to ask you this. Now, I'm friends with you. I'm friends with Kevin Saworski, your assistant. One of your assistant coaches there, a guy who you guys both coach my kid in hockey. And I'm not making this about me, but what I'm getting at is he's a retired guy that can focus on being, you know, kind of your right-hand man there. How much has he helped you? I've learned so much from Kevin. Just having a full-time guy around all the time to to bounce ideas off and stuff. And, I mean, he's uh, – I would say he's one of the smarter hockey guys I've ever met. And so it's uh, it's pretty good to uh, – a guy like that to be able to to learn from and and kind of grow as a team together, I guess. And so, um, you know, it's game game preparation has actually become a lot of fun. It's uh, there's some good debates about what uh, you know what should happen in certain situations. And so, uh, and if you know Kevin, he is uh, he loves a good debate. He's matured over the years, and I, he's an older guy than me even, but what I mean is he's a dude that, like, usually your assistant coach, kind of the nice dude, and the head coach can be the bad guy. He can be the bad guy. Does that let, does that let you be the good guy? Uh, at times, that is how it goes. Yeah, at times. it's uh, It kind of honestly depends on the player and the, the position of what's going on and stuff. His, uh, he runs the back end and runs uh, runs the penalty kill and that kind of stuff. And... and uh, He's the bad guy, and I got a mess sometimes. (laughs) Pretty uh, competitive uh, division you're in here. You got uh, yourselves with 15.63-0-3 record. Melville 7-2. Estevan 4-5-0-2. Yorkton 3-6-1-1. I know we're still early, but are are you where you thought you'd be right now at this point in in the season? 
Uh, you know what? We knew our division was going to be very close. Um, you know, I, I I still think Yorkton is a very good hockey team there. They're going to come along here. And uh, Doug Johnson is proving that uh, he's as good as I always thought he was. And our division is going to be very, very good. I, I would have a hard time pegging who's going to finish where in that division throughout uh, throughout the rest of the season. It's, uh, it's going to be tight and it's going to be fun. Hey, help me out here. I get confused with all these leagues I cover, hockey, football, baseball. When's your trade deadline, and what's it look like for you when you're trying to make some decisions here to to tinker with the team on the GM side of your resume? Uh, January 10th is the deadline, um, and it's yeah, you know what we want to we want to improve, but also you know in the same breath we we can return. Hey, if nothing changed right now, we can return about seventeen guys next year, and so that's that's something that we don't want to give up at this point right now. Uh, you know, if we if we go through the next couple months here where we decide, yeah, you know what, we're in the mix and we can win right now, then then if you have a chance to win right now, you got to put all your eggs in that basket and try and do that. But um, you know, I, I think right now that uh, we're going to continue to get better every day and. And uh, what the trade line, what the trade deadline will bring, will probably be uh, indicated by the next couple months of our play. Give me one good surprising thing for your hockey team to this point. We talk specials and and, and you know, the shorthanded thing, but give me a a good highlight for your team. Maybe a surprising highlight. And I'm not talking just a play. I'm talking something you didn't expect that's kind of going right. Well, you know what our uh, our group has become very tight uh, very quickly, and our leaders have been good with uh, with that. Um, you know, our our captain's been unbelievable. He was MVP of the week here this last week. Uh, he had three he had three goals last year, and he's got seven goals and seven assists in our first twelve games. And uh, so, I mean, he's been. I, I'm not knowing knowing how hard he works and the kind of player he is. I'm not real surprised, but that's been a that has been definitely a, a you know I guess a pleasant surprise. I guess you could say. And what's one uh, what's one thing, Cody, you want to improve on here to to take this team or solidify? Where you are in the standings, or be in the mix right till the end. Well, we got we've got to score a little more. Our back end is pretty good, and our, our goaltending is very good. And so we got to either you know find the guy that can help score a little bit, or, or find it from within. But uh, you know, if we can add if we can add an extra goal a game here, we'll uh, we'll win a lot of games down the stretch. By the way, when I said your assistant coach matured, what I meant was he kind of used to be a walking forest fire, but now he just kind of simmers from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> just, just simmer. Yeah, it does interrupt too often, but uh, I thought you were just talking about how old he was. <laughs> hey, tonight you got North Battleford. What do you know uh, about the, the Battleford's hockey team? I mean, they've been they've been good the last little while. Well, they just got the best player in uh, Junior A back, potentially, so that's going to help them. And uh, they've got an unbelievable goalie, and they are very well coached. And they, uh, you know, I, I think everybody who follows Junior A learned last year that uh, that team loves their coach, and they'll play for them. And Braden's an unbelievable person. And so, uh, you know, they're going to be well coached uh, and a highly talented team. So I, I'm really looking forward to the two games against them here. Is this a quirk in the schedule, or do, do teams do this more, where you've got a Thursday night game against them and also a Saturday game at your barn? Um, it just kind of depends on, we've got a little bit of a funny schedule sometimes, so it's uh, it just depends on how their road trip goes and who's around and who's not, so if, if Notre Dame is gone, uh, then they'll play us twice or play Estevan twice and then, and then be done with coming to our rink, so uh, that's just kind of the way it worked out this year. Uh, and, and that would lead me to my last question, because we know, let, like, let's be honest, this isn't the NHL, you're not flush with cash, 
you know, it is the uh, it is the center of each town. Uh, you know, their wings are big there, Estevan, big in Estevan, and so on and so forth. But when you look at a schedule, how much does the budget come into play? Okay, like, okay, so Battlefords, we're here. Let's play it twice. You know what I mean? Yeah, we we tend to do that. Uh, it's definitely budget-wise. Uh, I also know that it's incredibly hard to go into somebody else's rink and win. And uh, maybe if you if you play them twice back to back, maybe your chances <laughs> go up. I do know that our league is predominantly uh, um, a home team uh, successful league, and so it's it's definitely tough to win on the road, no matter what. But. It's driven by the budget a little bit too, yeah. Lots of great uh, men and women in this league. I'm a big fan of the SJHL. It's where I got my start, but my favorite coaching staff is the Weyburn Red Wings, so go get them. Thanks, Baldy. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Show's brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Get the best flock and chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday, with a feature wing flavor of the month every month at the Canadian Brew House. We're joined by Riders Offensive Coordinator Kelly Jeffrey. And he is the offensive coordinator. His contract remains until the end of the year. He's back home down east. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, man. You're walking. It's nice there. So that's the first thing you're rubbing in. You're, did I hear correctly? We were talking before we went on there. Your, is it your daughter has a football game or something? Yeah. Yeah. So she, um, as well as being uh, a softball player, she started football this year. Um, she had a friend drag her to it and, and now she loves it. She's been playing quarterback. She's a backup quarterback. And, uh, I was at practice last night and, um, she's doing a good job. She's having a blast. So this is female tackle football? This is female tackle football. And uh, here in New Brunswick, they've got, I think, four teams in Moncton. They've got one in Fredericton, two in St. John. And so it, it's it's growing rapidly. And um, it's, it's, it's fun. The more football, the better. How, how does Dad feel about his daughter playing football, like tackle football? Uh, <laughs> a little bit nervous. Uh, she hasn't done much to prepare her body in terms of like the weight room and things like that. And so, um, but she took a few hits and she got back up and seemed to love it still. So that's good. When it's your own kid, and I know this from personal experience, uh, male or female, you're, you're, you, you kind of are more sympathetic or empathetic to what they're going through. Do you kind of have uh, that when you're a coach too? Like you're trying to get guys ready for games, but they're limping around. They got a foot injury or a finger injury or a hand injury, depending on their injuries. Do you, or, or are you just game planning and you're, you're not really uh, invested like that emotionally just because you're busy with the game plan? In the moment on the sideline, you you have that next play mentality, and you really feel like, okay, we've got to keep this going, and and um, you know I'll check on the guy afterwards, and so it's 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 a it's a brutal business that way, you know, because injuries do happen. But yeah, after the game, I'm you know after that Calgary game when Trevor got hurt, I was. I was sprinting off the field just to go see if I could find him in the locker room before he went in the hospital. So there you go. You have to go on to that. And you, you tried your best with Mason Fine and Jake Dolagala. And I, you know, I thought the, uh, I gave you a B as the offensive coordinator. I'd give the, uh, I'd give the, uh, offense, yeah, for the most part, a B given everything that went on. But take me to that. Let's be honest. When QB1 goes down, Luke Molitor said on the broadcast, there goes our season being carted off. Now, I know it was early and you had a long way to go, but in, in your mind, were you like, oh, man, this is holy cow? 
No, I mean, you, you, you do a little bit to an extent. Um, and uh, you, you always have a chance, though. And, and I felt like there was enough talent on the roster that we could still overcome it and, uh, and come back and make the playoffs. And we just came up short. You know, I, I believe in those guys. And uh, they're still young back there at the quarterback spot. And, you know, in terms of actual professional experience, um, haven't had a ton coming into this season. Yeah. Hey, uh, Coach, are you pretty happy? Like, would you agree with my B ranking for your performance and the offense's performance? Like, do you feel like you did, given the circumstances, you did a pretty good job, especially in your first year as an offensive coordinator? Well, I'll, I'll take it, and I'm, I'm sure your hotlines are heating up uh, <laughs> on the, on the B, B call. But uh, there were so many things I learned. Um, there's a lot of things I, I know I could have done better, um, and I, I – you know, you always have so many calls you want back, but, um, you know, I, I, I still think that we could have got there. Um, we just, we had some real turnover issues and, uh, you know, we're, we're an organization. We did the most ball security, uh, drills I've ever done and at any level anywhere. And, um, it just, we, we struggled with turnovers, you know, you can point to any stat you want, but, you turn the ball over multiple times a game, and it's really, really hard to win. Coach, I didn't feel like you had the one-two punch we were all talking about uh, coming out of training camp at that running back position. And part of it was Frankie Hickson really didn't get on the field. You know, tell us whatever you can tell us. Why wasn't Frankie Hickson on the field that much? Was it injury? Was it ratio? Was it performance? Was it a little from A, B, and C? It's mostly ratio. It's, um, you know, we were lucky last year to have Frankie Moore. And, uh, you know, when I was with the Argos in 2016, we had one American tailback the entire season. You know, we, we never got two. And I think most organizations are that way. And so it just, it's a really, really small roster. Um, those guys who aren't starters are usually, you know, heavy, heavy special teams players. And, and if you're not excelling special teams, it's it's hard to be, remain on that roster if you're not starting somewhere. Hey, what happened with Tevin Jones? Coach Dickinson kind of intimated that, hey, um, he he uh, is off because of the ratio, but also because he needs to know the playbook a little better. But you, you look at it, if he didn't know the playbook that well, he still had 882 yards going into that last game. Like, you guys had two receivers go over 1,000, and one was nibbling at 1,000 yards, which is pretty good when you, when you factor in the old line was kind of uh, in a state of flux for a good chunk of the season and we used all three quarterbacks yeah no Tevin uh, what Craig says right the, initially we were trying to get another body on defense and uh, and Tevin is a he's a he's a special special teams player like he's really gifted and so the idea was that we were gonna have an, I think another linebacker on defense Tevin was still going to be specials and, and play offense if we need him and, and go uh, go six on offense with the Canadians and so uh, you know my recollection he got banged up a little bit that first week had a hamstring the second and it was hard to just put him in there full go and not feel like you know he's going to come out at some point and so that last game we, we got him on the field uh, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't really get to find him with the ball but we got him in uh, a couple packages do you think this season's different if QB1's uh, in there and that's no disrespect to Dolagala and fine they're still f- uh, figuring it out and they look like they have a future in this league in some sort or fashion but do you, you think you guys I think you're still playing and you might even be hosting a playoff game if Trevor Harris is there yeah I do you know um, as a veteran quarterback Sometimes you just know when to cut your losses, whether it's, you know, not throw a ball in traffic, um, you know, tuck it away with two hands uh, when you're back there in the pocket. 
Um, and, and Trevor just, he provided so much on the field that it only, you can only really get through experience. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it really only would have took about one, maybe two more games and, and, uh, you know, I think we could have got there quite easily, but, um, it's, it's, I don't want to throw the guys under the bus that we have. I believe in those guys too. And they're talented. Uh, but that experience is hard to replace. No, but it's true what they say. An offensive coordinator who's doing, who's doing his job, puts a guy in place, puts the offense in place about 85% of the time. And then about 15% of the time, you need that quarterback to kind of be the OC on the field and put the team in the right position himself because it's out of the coach's hands. I believe that. I don't know if you believe that. But that's where a veteran guy can IQ you into the right play. Well, and, and Trevor, he was so far advanced. You know, I could, I could, you know, really start a thought or be a couple words into a play, and, and he could finish it. You know, he just, he just has that mind, that has that ability. Um, you know, we really missed his leadership as well. He, he was a very strong leader in, in the locker room and in the meeting rooms. And so, uh, you know, he, he, he would sit there on a Wednesday, you know, about an hour and into a meeting with a grin on his face, and just, just blurt out, "Man, I love football." And uh, it was infectious. And so when, when we didn't have him around there for a while, um, it, it probably took a hit leadership-wise. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, we were hoping to get him back at some point, and, and we may have. But. I'm going to ask you a head coaching question here. Why couldn't you guys turn it around in the second half of the last two years? Like, it, it's a miserable record, and you can see why a change was made at the, at the coaching level. Uh, you know, and, and that's no disrespect to Coach Dickinson. He's my friend. I think he did a great job. I think he's a great coach. Like, I think he is a great coach. Um, but 0 and 7 and 0 and 7. Why do you, why couldn't you guys get that turned around collectively, do you feel? Oh, man. <laughs> if I had that answer, uh, we'd be doing something different this week, probably. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, like you said, I think Craig did his best. Um, you know, he, he coached to his personality, you know, 100%, and, and that's that's the best you can do. Um, you know, I think uh, turnovers killed us. I think, um, you know, I, I don't know how many times our defense, a, a ball would get batted up, and they'd be close to, to getting an interception or a takeaway on a fumble, and, and uh, that could have turned the course of the game around as well. And so those those types of little bounces, we just couldn't seem to get them. And um, usually they even out over a season, but it just felt like, uh, I don't know, like we just couldn't get it, get yeah. back on track. Yeah. Okay, Coach, do you want to be the head coach of this team? We're talking about all these candidates and this guy and this guy. How about you? You're still under contract. Will you have a chance to sit down with the GM and, and interview for the job or put your name forward? Do you even want to do that? Because, hey, you're an OC in Saskatchewan. You know the pressure. You talked about my hotlines. You've been here for a couple of years. You know what it's like to be here. That kind of gives you a little bit of an inside track, I think, into the, the mentality you need. Well, at some point, um, you know, this next week, I'll, I'll touch base with um, uh, J.O. And, and just see kind of where I am at with things. Uh, um, and I, I've been a head coach before. I love being a head coach. Um, of course, I, I, I'd love to be a head coach of the Riders, but I know uh, it'll be a probably a wide-open search, and, and they got to find someone who kind of fits what they're looking for, whatever that is. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've loved my time with the Riders, and, and I'd certainly love to be a part of it going forward and in a lot of different capacities. So uh, hopefully we'll see. Yeah, and uh, I said before, if you're not the head coach, and I didn't realize maybe you'd be interested in that, I said, hey, Kelly Jeffrey, uh, I think he's earned the right to come back and, and be an offensive coordinator, given, like I said, with the with the B grade there that I said. Uh, but what would make you 
What would make you? I'm the GM listening to you. Why would you be a good head coach? Can you tell me why you'd be a good head coach? Well, I guess personally, I feel like I've got good experience with it. You know, I, I've um, I've had a lot of what not to do moments as a head coach. I've, I've been a head coach twice, and uh, the first round was a, a lot of what not to do. You know, you, you make a lot of those mistakes and you learn from them. And, and my second go around, uh, you know, I, I took over a team with a I think a 34 game losing streak, and we ended up going to two national semifinals with the with the smallest enrollment of any football school in the country. And so. Um, I think I've got a, a good passion for it, and uh, you know, I, I I have what I believe is a really good centered message message that I don't I don't stray from, and so. Um, but you know, that's that's just that's just me being me. Yeah, well, and I don't want to make this sound like a farewell, but I'll tell you this: it's been a pleasure working with you, and I hope we can uh, cross paths again uh, in the same building and continue that relationship, or in the league, because uh, you're definitely a good coach and, a, and an even better person. So, thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy your daughter's football game. Uh, continued success out there, and uh, hopefully, she's uh, having fun and is healthy. I appreciate it. Hey, I tell you, man, I, I can't thank you enough for your passion for the writers, uh, man, the, the Saskatchewan fans. Um, they're so lucky to have you. We're lucky to have you. And so keep up the good work in supporting the CFL. Thanks, Kelly. Take care, bud. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Actually, you know what, Zinger? We'll save that for tomorrow. Get rid of that there. Get rid of that there. Um, we're going to do NFL talk, but uh, the big story of the day, Sean Kleisinger. You can text in 293-660-262. Call that number or one 866 620 Don't be shy. It's the joke. Pinto's first name. Is it Shane Pinto? Yeah. He's a former UND fighting hawk, hockey player, actually. And um, same team as Sanderson, if I'm not mistaken, Jake Sanderson. And they end up in the same NHL team, except he's unsigned. He was going to sign this summer. They sent him back home. And now the story comes out that he's been suspended 41 games by the NHL for betting. Now, he didn't bet on the NHL directly, we're told. Um. And it's legal to bet on other sports. If, I, if I'm listening to Bruce Garriuk and our friend Claire Hanna correctly, it's legal to do that. So then it has to be a third-party betting situation where, like, I'm, and this is all speculation, okay? Assuming makes an ass out of you and me, but I'm going to do it anyway. People call me an ass as it is. So yeah. I'm Pinto. You're my friend. I give you some intel. You go bet. And maybe that's how it is. But the whole thing's stupid. The guy's got a not bet. What is it? What's the betting company? Bet 99. Bet 99 on their helmets. The NHL is tied into betting like all these sports leagues, not just an NHL thing. Connor McDavid, for instance, involved in betting. Wasn't he with Wayne Gretzky in a betting commercial where he's practicing shots and then Gretzky's over by the glass? Rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So here's my question. First of all, there's no doubt now Pete Rose should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's an absolute joke that Pete Rose is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, I don't know. Is the M- is MLB in betting yet? Mm, 
No. I don't know if they are. All the other leagues are, but the especially the NFL and the NHL. I don't know if MLB is. I know they don't have like any advertising on their jerseys. Like if you mean as far as like like advertisement on jerseys and stuff. I don't see that I, yet. I've never seen. Well, there is advertising on jerseys cuz I think Motorola was on the Padres jerseys, but I've never seen any betting. No, I know, that's what I mean. Yeah, but, I, know, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so anyway. TDs on Toronto. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, bud. Here's here's the thing. Honestly, am I wrong when I say this? We had a t- we had a text from Jeff earlier on the show, and Jeff said, and now this might go a little too far, but Jeff said, you should be able to bet on your own team and your own stats. The stipulation should be you just have to take the over, like over in goals, over in receiving yards, etc. And you should be able to bet on your team winning. Guys will play harder and make the product better. Just like UFC fighters should be able to gamble on themselves. You can't pick the other guy, but you can pick yourself. I actually don't have a problem with that, although it might, it could lead to a slippery slope. But what's the problem, Zinger, is if I'm Connor, let's use Connor McDavid, because I'm Connor McDavid, and I'm on betting apps. I'm, I'm a face of betting, okay? On a Tuesday night in February when he's got the night off, why can't Connor McDavid bet on the Carolina Hurricanes and the San Jose Sharks? Why can't he? I don't have he, an he has answer. Nothing, he has nothing to do with the game. Although somebody will say, well, if he's friends with the goalie of the Sharks, maybe they split the money. That's probably what they'd say. Maybe he split the money. So Something okay. like that. Okay, so you can't bet on the NHL. Fine. You can't bet on the NHL. I just That just popped into my head. I could get that. Suppose he's... And I'm, this is all... We're just speculating here. Suppose you got a buddy who's the goalie for Carolina. You play on Calgary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can't do that. You can't do that. I stand corrected. You can't do that. But unless they can total, and maybe they have, they obviously got it because you said Pinto sent out a statement saying sorry. Mm -hmm. So maybe they do got him. I hope they do. But I don't see a problem. Like the NFL was finding guys and suspending guys because they were betting on non NFL games. In their facilities and stuff. What? Don't, the only thing like, I could think of is like these teams, these market, big market teams. They all have the majority have at least one, two, three of the big four leagues in their own city, and a lot of these guys are friends with one another. And maybe you know that's why they don't want betting on any type of sports because yeah, athlete, but you can't have it both ways. Athletes are all intertwined in a way. Yeah, but you can't have it both. Do you really think? Do you really think that Shane, like maybe not Shane Pinto, but do you really think that guys, like for instance, in the NFL, aren't in a underground fantasy football league? Hmm. Do you really think they're not in an an underground fan? There is more stuff. Like if you think all these guys are buttoned up, you're crazy. But anyways, they pegged the kid for 41 games. He's apologized. We'll see what happens going forward. We're going to uh, take a break. When we come back, Glenn Suter on the other side. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's 534 with the Sports Ticker, and we have NHL in action right now. The Anaheim Ducks in Boston, no score. Seattle has a one to nothing lead over Carolina. Winnipeg, Detroit, no score. And of course, the Montreal Canadiens are losing right now. one to nothing over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Still early, though. First period of play. The Pittsburgh Penguins have a one to nothing lead over the Colorado Avalanche. And the Tampa Bay Lightning, 2 nothing over San Jose. And then later on tonight, we still have a lot more hockey to get to. Minnesota is in Philadelphia. Ottawa on Long Island to take on the Islanders. Toronto and Dallas, and 
My ticker disappeared. There we go. St. Louis and Calgary, and then the New York Rangers and Edmonton to take on the Oilers tonight. That's Paul. the Doug Waite, uh, yeah. Charlie Huddy ceremony there, both going into the ring of honor. Tongues out. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chats from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. All right. Dante DeCary, a voice of the Regina Pats, joins us here. Thanks for joining me, uh, Dante, live on the Western Pizza Hotline. NHL scouting announced its preliminary players to watch. Tanner Howe and the Twins, the Bond Twins, are on there. Tell us about it. Bonzi, thanks so much for having me. I mean, I think it's kind of the worst-kept secret in Regina that uh, Tanner Howe would be ranked an A-level prospect, and he was. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be an A-level prospect for the course of the season. I saw a couple of... uh, draft rankings. Sam Cosentino had him at 31. Craig Button didn't even have him going in the first round, which I was uh, I was speechless. Yeah, This guy is going to be a top 15 NHL pick. I know it. I see it. I'm around the kid every day. We just did a dressing room tour with his younger brother's team who's going to be a stud. This guy's going to be a good NHL player one day I think as well. So, uh, again, obviously I'm speaking in the future, but the Vaughn's uh, surprised, but maybe not surprised. I think some NHL teams probably like the size and the grittiness that they bring, so I guess we'll have to wait and see on uh, if they go in the draft. Alright, what, what does a W rating mean? Because those guys are W yeah. ratings. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a new ranking that NHL Central Scouting has implemented. So A level means first round, then your B is your second and third round, and then you got, you know, after that would be C would be fourth to fifth, and then W is now uh, sixth to seventh. So, okay. um, a potential candidate for seventh or sixth round pick. Again, um, these guys are going to have to continue to play like this for the course of the season in order to get uh, or to continue to stay on this list. Uh, last year, we saw Sam Marembo on the list, and then eventually he was not, and then Borea Vallis took his place on the list. So um, at the end of the day, you know, I remember seeing Borea Vallis at the draft, Michael, and uh, he was ranked to go in the fifth to sixth round, and he didn't get picked. So you never know. For sure not. Okay, so let's quickly tee up here on Pat Chat for the Canadian Brew House. The game on, uh, well, tomorrow. It's the Saskatoon Blades and the Regina Pats over at the Brandt Centre. Yeah, Michael, it's Cancer Awareness Night, and it's uh, a really special night inside the Brandt Centre. The Pats are going to be wearing their uh, Cancer Awareness Night jerseys, which uh, if you didn't have a chance to see them, make sure to head to reginapats.com. Uh, we've got some new merchandise that we've now launched as well, and uh, that merchandise is available in the Regina Pat store, thanks to 22 Fresh. So some uh, some neat merchandise, some cool jerseys, which will be auctioned off after the game. And then, of course, uh, a new thing that the Pats are doing, they've got an I Fight For Wall. So last year they had the I Fight For sign. This year it's an I Fight For Wall right across from the Regina Pat store. And uh, you can go there and write messages, and, and those will stay for the course of the year. So uh, I guess on the hockey side of things, Michael, it's uh, it's a big game for the Pats. they got to get back in the win column. They've lost the last two games, but they're still 7-5-1 and one on the season. Uh, Saskatoon's a good team. They just had their six-game winning streak cut to an end, so it's going to be a, a really exciting game. A tough weekend for the Pats. They've got Prince George, the number one ranked team in the WHL, coming in on Sunday, too. All right. Uh, thanks for your time, Dante. We'll be uh, eagerly listening to the game tomorrow. We appreciate your time. 
Ballsy Zinger, always a pleasure. Enjoy the night. Yes. You, See you, Dante. You too, Dante. Dante to carry. It's Pat Chat for the Canadian Blue, uh, Blue House. Canadian Brew House. Sounds like I've been there having a few. You can go down there as long as you Let drink. Let me smell that breath. Drink, Get over r- here. Drink responsibly and uh, don't take a, you know, take a cab or an Uber, not a cruiser. Get the best flock and chicken wing special in town with 69 cent wings all day, every Wednesday and Sunday with a feature wing flavor of the month. Every month. Canadian Brew House. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. Let's get down to it. Brought to you by Quality Tire, nine locations across Saskatchewan, qualitytire.ca. He is our uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster, and he is a former Rider great, special teams guy, held on special teams, field goals. We know the kick. So, Suits, this is where we get into some great radio, because you and I were talking behind the scenes. And, Suits, here's the deal, man. You've offended me. You've offended me, Glenn Suter, and I can't believe it. We've been working for a couple of years together, and I am spitting mad. I can't even believe. This is the text I got, Zinger. This is the text Zinger and I got, folks. Now, we won't go too deep, Glenn. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to get right down into it, but here's what Glenn said. He goes... How can, uh, he goes, first of all, he goes, hi, gentlemen. I just want to tell you that I respect all players in the league. Both guys are great guys. But how can the media in Regina pick Adam Korzak over Elford? Adam Korzak's a great punter. But Mario Elford, they got a game plan for Mario Elford. How isn't he the special teams player of the year? Suits, I'm offended. I picked Adam Korzak. He's a weapon. He, you, can, you can attest. He comes in late to training camp. He doesn't have a rapport with the kicker. He holds, does a great job, didn't screw up one hold all year by my uh, reporting. He was a, an absolute, as the kids say, wagon when punting the ball direct deep. He's got all these tools in his bag. He was consistent every game. Yes, Alfred had two punt returns for a touchdown in one game, a game the Riders lost, and a 107-yard punt return against Ottawa when the game was well out of reach. Uh, He handled the football like an absolute grenade against Calgary at McMahon Stadium, costing the Riders the game, or at least standing us on the spiral. So that's why I picked Adam Korzak. And I like both guys, don't get me wrong. Well, I do too, and I think Adam is a is an all star punter this year. I think he had an all star season. I just think that 
when you know it's not just the kick returns for touchdowns that matter. It's it's the it's the field position. It's it's after a score or giving up a score, giving a getting a return to you know close to midfield or the forty five yard line, and all of a sudden the momentum is taken away a little bit from the score that you just gave up. You you get a, a little bit momentum back, and there were many games where Mario, uh, you know, provided that. And then you know the it's it's almost impossible. I mean, how many times ever have we seen two in one game? And you know, so that's part of the discussion. And and plus, you know, with the way the way people vote, and I'm not necessarily saying this is right or wrong, really. Um, I think in general, returners get too much love. But having said that, now we also know that that's how sometimes guys are are making their votes. Reporters are voting on these awards, and he might have been a finalist. Mario might have been a, fam, a fa- finalist out of the West. So, I mean, but- Sean White had a great year, but all I'm saying is he may have been with the way people vote and how much you know emphasis returners get he may have been a west finalist so let's uh let's talk about some of these awards while we're at it it's great debate great talk uh we we appreciate and love all the players let's be honest here we uh you played at that level so i can't say you couldn't do it but i couldn't do what they do so uh so we love all the guys but i so let's go the most outstanding player in the west we've already did our votes here i haven't done the all-star zinger and i'll do the all-stars tomorrow um um, for the West, but that we did on our show. I picked the most outstanding player in the West, Brady Oliveira. I think he's the he is the best, uh, most outstanding player. But Vernon Adams Jr. second. I think that'd be one too. Uh, would you agree with that? How do you see that race? Yeah, I I absolutely think that Brady Oliveira is the you know is the outstanding player out of the West. I think when you know he beat out one of the top quarterbacks in the game i mean again looking at past history and how reporters vote on these awards quarterbacks have to have off years to not be strongly considered and kalara certainly didn't have an off year he had a few of the games kind of like vernon adams games where it was you know off the rails a little bit a couple fumbles in bc and things like that but they overcame all of those to win the West. So I just think Brady Olivera is not just having sort of a record-breaking season for a Canadian, but he's also really kind of the heart and soul of that team. He's he's what that team wants to be, play in and play out, game in and game out, how he approaches it, his physicality, his consistency. Uh, I just talked to Michael O'Shea about that. So I, I, I have no argument with that vote. I like it. And my wife always reminds me that remember in the off season Brady Oliveira saves puppies. So you, <laughs> yeah. she, she always goes, "You be, you better vote for the yeah. guy who's saving puppies." <laughs> uh, I had a coin flip between my offensive lineman of the year. Uh, I had Sean McEwen, who was the anchor in the middle of the Calgary offensive line, which actually didn't give up that many sacks. Their problems came on the tackles, not the interior. I I actually picked him over Jamarcus Hardrick. Uh, I, that might be a bit controversial because he's an he's on a, a losing team or a team that's not quite as good as Winnipeg. But I like what Sean McEwen did there uh, through some tough sledding there in, in Calgary. Love the pick. Um, you know, that's going to be a tough one for me. I, I, I don't pick in the first round. Yeah. Uh, but I do, I do in the, in the second round and I will for the all-stars, but 
that's going to be a real tough one. I haven't really come down to my yeah. decision yet. Uh, and Jarrell Broxton too. Uh, I thought had a real good year when he and when he was out, he missed like two games. It looked like a different old line. So that was yeah. You know that was uh, he's considered two for me in the West. Um, but like all those guys. Most outstanding Canadian. It's funny, Trey Ford was on the list when he wasn't even starting at the start of the year. I think I think Trey Ford gets some serious consideration because he has given the Edmonton football team something to um something to get excited about. Like that's an intangible you can't weigh with stats. I decided to go with obviously Matthew Betts, but I think Sh- uh, Sam Emlis had a great year. When you think about three different quarterbacks and an old line that was in a state of flux for because the injuries and things for four for four uh you know four versions of it basically i thought sam emlis had a great year i think sam sam emlis is the best canadian receiver in the cfl right now yeah no argument for me i i think he had that type of year i think he's an all-star um i i'm not sure in this year's nominees that He's going to get that deep a look, and the only reason is we t- we just talked about Brady, and you know yeah. once you're nominated for an outstanding player and Canadian, you know there's a lot of voters that say, well, if you give him one, you have to give him the other. I, I don't think that's the way it should go, because Matthew Betts set a record. I mean, he he broke a CFL record for Canadians for sacks, and um, you know I, that's going to mean a lot, and. In any other year, the other thing I love about this Canadian category is three safeties have been nominated from their team for Outstanding Canadian. And it's been a while since a Canadian free safety has really made a, a serious impact and been a nominee for a player award or, or a CFL All-Star for that matter. And I'm talking about Canadians. So I, I'm, I'm happy for Mark Antoine Ducroix, Royce Mechie, and um, Katsatonis in Hamilton. They, they've had big, big years. Actually, I erred. I did. Actually, this is where it was. This is where my de- debate came. I, I did pick Brady Oliver as the top Canadian. I picked Matthew, Be- Matthew Betts second. Here's where I had the... Here's where we were looking at it because Zinger and I were we were like, we're picking Calgary Stampeders. We can't do that. They, not because we don't like them. They're not as... Winning a winning team. I picked Matthew Betts as the most outstanding defensive player in the West ahead of Micah Alway, but it was really close. I think Micah Alway had a great, great year. I think that I personally think the defensive player of the year will come down to Winton McManus. He'll probably win it. So I put Matthew Betts as the guy from the uh, from this from this conference for the most outstanding defensive player. Yeah, defensive player. I mean, Betts. Uh, you know, I've always said uh, Larry Dean should be considered here. I, I've always said in this in this category that linebackers um, don't get their due. Uh, I honestly like the linebacker has to do it all. He has to rush the passer. He has to cover. He has to play man to man in coverage. Sometimes he has to run with slot backs. He has to be back in zone drops. He you know he plays the football and he's and he's a run stopper. All the linebackers have to do all of that, so their degree of difficulty is higher than a player who has one assignment, and that's coming off the edge after the passer. And and that doesn't take anything away from the stat, because sack stats has become the, gl- the glory stat you know, on defense for sure. I think it's actually maybe not – it's not right, but it's actually a bigger stat now than interception. 
And the interception to me should be a bigger stat than that because it, it changes field position. Mm-hmm. You know, so so when I when I look at Matthew Betts, uh, you know, I just think record breaking. Plus, you know, the Canadiana in me yeah. is leaning to great Canadian performances. Um, Alway and Dean, you know, Mike Alway, outstanding year. But you know, I, I go back to Canadian real quickly, and Cam Judge is another guy that won't he won't be considered as a finalist but the degree of difficulty for cam judge and the interceptions and then the sacks and all the tackles i mean i just think linebackers sometimes don't get their due no you're weird no you're right a couple more i wanted to touch on then i want to get the in uh, thought on you on betting so um the uh the rookie of the year, I got Kai Gray in Edmonton. He had 54 defensive tackles, couple interceptions, a touchdown uh, on an Edmonton team that struggled all year. Uh, I just thought he is – I think he's the most outstanding rookie in the West, in my opinion. Yeah, let's see the rookie. You know, and, and Adam would would be a guy that I – mean, again, I think he had an, an all-star season as a punter. But, you know, when you look at – it's not Kai Gray in Edmonton. It's not Ryder Varga in BC. So you start breaking it down. Clark and Barnes in Calgary. Um, didn't play enough. Didn't play didn't enough. Play long enough. He got what? he got injured. I mean, the winner of this category might be Stiggers. The either Crum. Yeah. It's either Dustin Crum or or Stiggers in in Toronto. Yeah. No, for sure. That'll be interesting because I haven't really looked at these. I'm kind of. I'm 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 in the West here, so that's the ones I got to vote on. So that's who I looked at. And the coach of the year out here, uh, Arash was on here. He he was doing a case for. He thought Rick Campbell should be one, and then my the second choice be Mike O'Shea. I went the other way. I went Mike O'Shea and then Rick Campbell. Um, both. Yeah, it's one and one A this year. I think I think Campbell accomplished. Um, his, his accomplishments and where they finished in second in the in the West. He did it with a flashy offense, don't get me wrong, but not the same structure and veteran presence that Michael Shea worked with. So that's the argument for Rick Campbell. But for me, with all of the discussions I've had with these coaches throughout the season, and I Zoom with all of them, mm-hmm. every one of them more than once, I just I am just a fan of the approach for Michael O'Shea, how he does it, the accountability that the players are expected to and level they're supposed to reach, you know, the, the, the understanding of the importance of the chemistry, where, which, and the chemistry and the, the character of the player, that that, that outweighs the, the talent of the player. And, and doesn't mean that talent's not necessary, but Mike O'Shea believes that the character of the guy is more important than the actual talent of the, the you know, his 40 time or his yeah. hands or whatever, yeah. the physical talent. And, and because of that, at this level, that's to me always the difference maker because they're all good athletically. Hey, and now what's the difference? It's what Mike O'Shea is focused on. Glenn, we got 90 seconds left. A big scandal in the NHL. Pinto from the Sens gets uh, busted, and he's now been suspended 41 games. But we don't know exactly why he's been suspended. When you, when leagues are wrapped into betting, don't you think that transparency is needed so fans and everybody in the league knows what's going on? I'm sure people in the league will know, but don't we as fans need to know what the heck the deal was? I think there should be transparency always, honestly. I, I don't know why, uh, you know, unless it's it, 
until you're you're found guilty. In other words, there are times when you don't have to release information in the process, but you are going to definitely release information once it's all settled. And if he is found not guilty of whatever has caused the suspension, basically, uh, and I'm not saying he's broken the law, I just mean whatever the outcome is, they have to then be transparent with what it was, how they got to that decision, and then allow all the other players in the league and coaches understand the standard. Because if you're keeping it private, you know, not only the fans can should know, but also the other players need to know where's the line and, and make sure they don't cross it. Last question for you, man. Actually, I want to get one more here. Back to the All-Stars and, and these awards. More so the All-Stars. Well, both of them. I don't know that media take... I don't know how... I take it very important. Like, I take time. Zinger and I take time. We're breaking it down. We're looking at stats. Sometimes I think a lot of these guys don't do it. How... Because... We're dealing with people's livelihoods. Could be bonuses. Could be things. How much? How much do you take that in you know importance in it? No, oh, I think it's very important, and it drives me nuts when guys forget to put in their ballots. It's you know, you you have as a player at the pro level, you have probably spent your entire life trying to you know first of all dream of it happening and then working your butt off and i'm talking about all the times you've been nicked and injured and had to come back from it and all the self-doubt mentally and the and the you know times when you haven't been treated fairly with your coach but you had to overcome that and all of those things that go through a, a journey for an athlete and then he gets to the pro level and he makes a team and then he has an all-star season and some guy on a, in a computer in an office doesn't take the time to send in the ballot. It's despicable. That guy should not be able to vote any longer if that happens. Yeah, I love that word. Good job at the end of that, Glenn. You brought it at the end and you let me vent at the start. Can't ask for a better teammate. <laughs> have yourself a good weekend, man. Travel safely. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Take care. That's Glenn Suter joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Yeah. So that'll do it for the show. Tomorrow we'll wrap things up in fine style. If you missed any of this show for the Canadian Brew House, you can check it out in podcast form. Our buddy Zinger's back. He's going to put up the podcast. You're back. That'll do it. Talk to you tomorrow.